Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome along, September's today, but we are not looking at September. We are looking at the month of August 2023. It's the Coltaholic.com month in review. We're looking at what was moving and shaking in the world of wrestling via the lens of Coltaholic.com. To do that with me on my very far left, and indeed everybody's very far left, uh, it is, of course, Fraser Porter. Very far left. Very, Uh, very very far left. It's good to be back, Tom. It's good to be back. We've had a busy, busy month. August was full of things, um, and we're here to discuss them. We are indeed, and to lead the discussion, to lead the charge, stuck in the middle with us like Steeler's Wheel, he is a man that has stolen at least one wheel. It is the Cultaholic Tribal Editor-in-Chief of Cultaholic.com, Aidan Gibbons. Aidan, hello to you. Hello, the real OG is back once again. (laughs) (laughs) I am still here. damager, power to the people. (laughs) Aidan Gibbons is adopting what we're calling the Dave Meltzer position. Or the, or the Ron Burgundy. Or the, the Ron, Ron Burgundy, <laughs> where we've, we furnished him with a handheld mic like the one that Dave Meltzer has. The human uh, torch was denied a bank loan. Yeah. All those, <laughs> those warm-ups. No! <laughs> <laughs> I said to give a really big hand around, like Meltzer just like grip it here and start patting a dog. And they will, they will be there completely with Meltzer. That's what he does every time. He just whips his dog in. Well, like, that's a lovely Waps dog. Waps his dog out. Yeah. Waps his dog out. <laughs> He's been told about whapping his dog out. Oh, <laughs> two minutes, what do you do? He can pee his jokes we got Whoa, straight in there that's what that is <laughs> in fact we should waste no more time because august has been uh, to put it politely fucking busy Bo- bombastic it's been bombastic i like how you the two different sides of that fucking busy bombastic yeah, yeah. do you want to add one chocker Nice. Chocker, bombastic, and fucking busy. It, just, it was just so busy, wasn't yeah. it? It was loads happening, and Aidan Gibbons is going to walk us through it uh, from the cultaholic.com perspective. And at the end of it, we'll look at the weird stuff that you've been clicking on. We have this weird culture within the people that read cultaholic.com where, you know what, we'll find out what the kids are loving. Yeah, yeah. At the end we'll of find out what the kids are loving. <laughs> That's what we'll call the segment from now on. I've just decided. Kids love. Kids love, yeah. Kids love. <laughs> 
Aiden <laughs> Gibbons, kids love. Kids love. <laughs> we could explain the context, but it's funnier if we don't, but we will explain it a bit later. Well, I should have voted well, it for the Patreon, for the Hall of Fame, that's what you should have yeah, done. Yeah, everyone on the podcast, it was on that, wasn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that was Ooh. all it was. I'll be a roving reporter for my... Have I, have I unplugged this? No, 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 I'm just making sure that you're holding it in the holding correct it. <laughs> way. Was there not? Was there not like a little? There you go. You hold it that that's way. Oh. Ah. So, so you rest your thumb on the flat bit. Oh, so, that's, so, so is this going to be shit for the whole time? No, nah, we're fine. getting media training media on training. the go. Yeah. We're getting media training on the go. I'm also whilst we're whilst we're recording, I'm going to jump up and turn the volume down. That's fine. I'm going with that on this bit. It's peaking a Time is short. Time is short, Tom. <laughs> time is short. We need to make the most of, of all the time. You yeah. cut a promo while you were walking there. You did. You know, you've got maximize your TV time. Yeah. Did, like did, LA Knight does. Did you yeah. know? Like everyone at All In does. Yeah. Did you know Steve Carell's tiny little nipples went to France? <laughs> I do the cha-cha. I mean, <laughs> I, like, I, I know that now. Oh, the cha-cha. <laughs> <laughs> now, there is one who always likes to make their presence felt on these year in re- these month in reviews. Uh, since he moved selfishly back to his motherland, he isn't on them anymore, but he insists on writing in. So do we have a letter this week from the rambunctious Jackie Orlando? We don't have a letter, but we have a telegram Ooh, from oh, a very soft chair, Liverpool, England. Now, this is dated August 29th, 2023, because he's been in a very dark room the past few days. <laughs> okay. Um, but it just begins, well then, that was quite a month, eh? Sincerely, though, all in bloody hell. A great weekend of wrestling, Defy in progress putting on raucous shows in Camden, an excellent ref pro card in the Copper Box, and the bloody great big Wembley show. You appear to know I ate as much free food as I could, but my trip to Eggslot Shoreditch on Saturday morning was marred by the fact that the road the egg establishment is on was cordoned off by police. Someone must have warned them I was coming. <laughs> Everywhere. <laughs> I am actually going to hide for a bit now as I am exhausted. Your pal, the Soupe du Jour. Oh. The, sorry, did the Soupe du Jour not get to be an egg slot in London? No, is that he, what you said? He didn't go. He did eat lots of That's free tragic. salmon, though. Lots yeah, of free salmon. Will he? He won't have had eggs every day. Oh no! I think he, I think he would have. He would have just found a different egg place. Egg place. He would have might have had like a Weatherspoon's egg, which would have been quite sad. I like the place here. That's Pablo Eggsgobal. Yes, I like that. I haven't been there. eggs in a bow bar. I, I don't think they did bacon, which is like what the fuck. No bacon. No bacon. So they have to call it no Pablo Eggsgobalgan. But they do sausage. I'm like, how are you, man? <laughs> You don't like sausage, but it's sausage patties. I don't like sausage patty. It tastes like sausage. (laughs) One would hope that sausage patty does taste like sausage. That's that's why I don't like it. So I don't really like the texture of sausage because it explodes when you cut into it. And also, I don't like the taste. So I don't like anything about it, really. You might like a Scottish square sausage. You said this. I might just like a burger. Yeah, I do like mince. It's mince. But why are you eating beef sausages? Well, it's it's not always beef. It's pork sometimes. But we've got steak lorn. We've got pork lorn. All the lawn. We've got all the lawn for you. Four lawn. Good God alone. Good God alone. It's like got salt and white pepper through it. It's really mm. nice. I did go to Aldi the other day, right? They had pork burgers in. Whoa. First time I've seen that. No, just beef I see. It's like the first time you've ever seen a pork burger. <laughs> no, 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 no. Ever. <laughs> in your entire Moon life. What a time to be alive. <laughs> Oh, I've seen a pork burger. <laughs> no, no, in Aldi, because Aldi's normally quite, through the basics really well. And like if you random, it's like chicken fajita mix and stuff it, like that. Their name is literally a hamburger. What, Aldi? No, the hamburger. <laughs> like, uh, ham- yeah, I know that, but there's, no, there's not normally ham in it. 
The pork, you can... You know you can, but I'm you, not... Have you not seen in, like, Tesco a pork and apple burger? Nah. There's just an Aldi. <laughs> You're listening to the Cultaholic Wrestling News <laughs> Month in Review. Um, I... <laughs> I have to say... It's been a shit start, hasn't it's it? Been a, it's been, do you know what? I'd say it's been the best start so far. I genuinely thought that you were all in the office making it up when you said that there was a restaurant called Eggslut. No, there isn't. No, it's no, no, I it's thought real. it was just all you lot bullshitting. No, it's, it's good. It's yeah. really good. I've been before. I haven't been, but it might be very good. Mm-hmm. Hello, Eggslut. I, I, I actually put a photo on it month, of, of on Twitter months ago and was like, found Jackie Orlando in London. <laughs> Eggslut. Yeah. So I'm gutted that he didn't actually get to go. I forgot to ask how many eggs he's eaten this year. I forgot. We can touch base with him for the September review. Yeah. Yes. And we won't speak to him before Atkins, <laughs> Atkins let us count your eggs. All of them. Before yeah. they hatch. Yeah. <laughs> and your chickens, because why not? <laughs> anyway. All, all, shall we start with all <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, shall we get to the actual wrestling? Let's talk wrestling. boring wrestling. So the big story of the month um, was AEW smashing all kinds of records, turning the wrestling world on its head. And very much changing the cultural zeitgeist with a record-setting show at Wembley Stadium. That's pretty big, wasn't it? Yeah. Pretty big. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. I think they maybe had like more than 10 people there. I think there was at least 12. <sighs> but, but we'll get to it because we, we, a, a bit like COVID-19 and climate change, there have been all-in deniers. Oh! Like, oh, like, like, like Which we'll get to, but... After what can only be described as a lacklustre build to the show marred by scattergun booking and more backstage issues of AEW, who will get to them later. <laughs> <laughs> Quite literally two pages of notes on those later, so yeah. <laughs> um, AEW once again somehow produced a, a very, very, very good pay-per-view with all in at London's Wembley Stadium on Sunday, August 27th. The show, I mean, I thought it was an all-timer. It had a very WrestleMania feel. It was, it was huge. It was bombastic. There was, there was fucking loads of people there. Um, and it's basically got on to break records. Quite literally, there was so many people there. It's, it set the all-time paid attendance record for a pro wrestling event of 81,035 people. Um, with these sort of things, because of WWE over the years where they just make up the numbers, they're, they're, they're just there for entertainment purposes, basically. Yep. But this was actually the, the legit number, according to Peter Insider, and it's been it's a hundred percent legitimate, and altogether there was around ninety thousand people actually inside the stadium, but that included staff, hospitality, and comp tickets. I mean, it beat our own ex- optimistic expectations. I think we thought, let's say, sixty-five, seventy. I mean, some yeah. people thought like forty when it first got announced. They went, nah, eighty-one thousand people, which is insane. Eighty-one thousand people, and the fact that they even had some areas tarped off, obviously for hard cam and stuff like that. You're still fitting that many people in. It shows. Oh, there's room for them to, in future, maybe do more. Because yeah. all those seats are free. Just do a slightly smaller stage, I suppose. Yeah. You also had some free at the top, but there were still 81,000 people in with like, the odd scattered yeah. seating bits. Yeah. I don't know what the view would have been like from the top, mind. I, saw, I had a few folk that were sitting up in the nosebleeds, and they took, took photos, and they were like, we couldn't see anything. Like, it <laughs> you're, was, you're basically watching the screen. We were watching the screen for the most of the time, and people were saying the screens were a little bit too small. Oh, you're right, Aiden. It was the chair. It was the chair. <laughs> you just can't drink. <laughs> Aiden went to drink, but plans changed. Um, yeah, people were saying it's it's quite tough to see from the top of the stadium, which, as you'd expect, they will look like ants. It's like in Zoolander, where it's like, what is this? A school for ants? It's got to be at least three times the size. <laughs> it needed, uh, they needed bigger screens, but it looked like the atmosphere was what you were there for. Yeah. That's what it was. I mean, my big fear going in was that they had that big sort of like, 
top thing. Yep. And I was really worried at the top that that was going to like sort of obscure the ring, but it doesn't look like it did. So someone complaining on Reddit though that were on the first bit of tiered seats, like yeah. literally off the ground, and they were they're, they're like eye level with the eye level with the ring. But they had the big hard cam crane obscuring oh, okay. the entire show, and the seats were not advertised as obscured seats. It was like, is, what the fuck, basically? Yeah, you yeah. paid. They paid like four hundred quid for to oh, watch to, to look watch at a crane, <laughs> like look up at a screen, which is not ideal. But the stadium was rammed. Rammed. I mean, we had people go down, but we'll discuss that later. Yeah, we yeah. certainly will. Yeah. Which but, means they're not included in the eighty-one thousand. They're included in the extra... The extra nine... The, the 90... Yeah, extra 9,000. Well, they're the dirty comps, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> Going around eating salmon. Yeah. Cheers, Tony. <laughs> but, Love but, you, really. But, I mean, the, the show itself was a very dramatic start. I mean, I was sat there watching the Newcastle-Liverpool match mm. on, on my phone. Like, like I started at free, did all that. I know it was fucking terrible. <laughs> um, but, like, we, we did all the prep. Um, mm. I'd, I'd written the articles about, like, what was going to happen before and all that. I thought, okay, I'll watch the football for a little bit. And then I think I think it was you put on Slack for it. was just like, the pre-show started. Yeah. And we're all like... What? It's not meant to start for another half an hour. <laughs> I went on Twitter. There's just me road powerhouse hops in the ring. I'm just like, what is going on here? Yep, so it's a bit odd. Quickly Furious. switch over, and we almost missed what what was your crowning achievement of the evening, Tom? Oh my god! Like what you? I messaged you, and you were going, "I'm like ten minutes away. We'll, we'll be good to go." You arrived, and we were like, "Okay, it, nothing's happening. We can chill." We came down here. Oh, should we just go live ten minutes early anyway? Yeah, go on. What happened four minutes in, Tom? wasn't even four minutes in. So the countdown, if you watch this on Twitch, there's like a 60-second countdown. And as that countdown finished, Tony Schiavone was stood in the ring and Jeff Jarrett's music played. Mm-hmm. Now, if you've been watching the Coldholic content for the last week, you'll know that just for my own amusement, I've been trying to get Grader and Jarrett on the card for Wembley. <laughs> just for my own amusement, because I'm sometimes, I, I sometimes get high off the smell of my own bullshit. And I thought, this would be a laugh. Let's just... Let's just let's start a movement. And holy fuck, I accidentally started a movement. Uh, this must be how Shea Guevara felt. <laughs> um, and, and it snowballed to the point where there, the, the rumour started going that, he was, that, that they were going to put something together. Then Jeff Jarrett was in the, cop, it was in the box park doing a Q&A to, the, to Grado chants. Yeah. I was like, shit, this is the thing. And then Jeff Jarrett comes out, starts running down the slags and wankers and dafties of <laughs> Wembley. Love it. That's good. And then fucking out comes Paul White. Out comes Anthony Agogo. They beckon to the back. Fuck me, it's great. <laughs> and he was there. And I have not heard uh, a Screams roar like or a it. scream. It was like you were a child on Christmas morning opening a present that you've been waiting your whole life for. I just got my Sega Master System all over again. Yeah, I, I think... You had to change your pants after that one. Several times. Yeah. yeah. Several times. Several times. Sticky. Um, <laughs> and then, to, to which then I go, okay, uh, maybe they had something planned and I just happened to, you know, just, 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 just ride on the wave of a lightning bolt. And then there's Jeff Jarrett on my world going, full credit to Tom Campbell. <laughs> Well, it, well, it, well, it, well, it, well, it was a box park, wasn't he? I think I think he said you were his favourite YouTuber. Yeah. So, so someone asked the question, "Who's your favourite YouTuber, and why is it Luke Owen from Wrestle Talk?" To which Jeff went, "It's Tom Campbell from Cotholic." <laughs> and no, no, all the love in the world to Luke. I'm sorry, mate. But Jeff uh, Jarrett loves Tom yeah. more. But, 
but oh my god yeah so and I think it was when Jeff on my world went full credit to Tom Casco what <laughs> you've got a little bit of a love affair with Jeff yeah. you took him out for tea I think me Jeff and Grado are like mates now. <laughs> you got I them. feel like I'm their go between yeah you got them on you got them on Wembley got them on Wembley next week a couple of handies you'll be alright <laughs> <laughs> But oh, but thank you for, for joining that accidental movement. It was can wonderful. We, can we book like a tag team match for next year? Where it's Grado and you versus Jeff Jarrett and HT Drake. H- I was gonna say Satnam Singh just to <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I was gonna say Aiden. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah, so you were contact on team with Jeff Jarrett. Jarrett and Jarrett and it's Aiden the, Gibbons. It's yeah. the Cromwell boys! <laughs> What are they doing here? That's what it'll be. It, it, it'll be the Goose and Jeff connection. <laughs> Hashtag Barry Goose for Wembley 2024. <laughs> Please start this movement. Barry Goose is then going. Then me and you watch it. Barry Goose is there! I've done it again! <laughs> Crickets. <laughs> no, apart from apart from like the ten thousand cultaholic fans that attend to be like yes coming out to, to chicken fried yeah 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 <laughs> cold beer on Friday you're just going oh <laughs> horrifying power but thank you for for getting behind the course no no but imagine the double whammy of like a friend chicken fried <laughs> like there was no point in the the, might, the crowd might as well go home they'll be knackered that's it that's it that. I, I nearly went home after that great bit I went there's, I think even you went how do they top that I, I was like yeah <laughs> I mean I, I, how do they top that for you like that was the moment that, the crowd that yeah <laughs> the Wembley. I think because before we went on I was like I lost my voice this morning Tom I'm a bit you know a bit not there you're like oh it's fine it's I'll fine see we'll, you're right. we'll, we'll crack through it I think you probably lost your voice after that how, how are you I recovering? mean amazingly it's been alright this week Power of Grado, that is. It is the, it is the power of Grado. But do you know what may have happened unrelated to this? And we will get to the next match, I promise. Um, it was either during that mad amount of shouting or during the night that evening, because I've had a chipped tooth for like a week. Uh, like a big chunk out of my tooth and I could just I could wobble it around in my mouth. Yeah. Woke up on Monday morning. I couldn't feel it anymore. Oh, God, no. I swallowed it. I think I swallowed the chip in my tooth. Mm. I'd say get help the dentist, but you can't get any appointments. Yeah. <laughs> well, we, jo- I jo- we joined a dentist last week, so uh, and we've got an appointment in October to go and see. Yeah, them. yeah, yeah. I, I chipped mine earlier this year, and I've still not been able to get an appointment. Yeah. Oh, Jesus! I chipped mine three years ago and got it fixed before all the shit happened. That was all right. You got, uh, you did it maybe yourself. I should have done mine three years ago then and just preempt it. I'm sure. I'm sure I've told the story where, where it was chipped because someone did the chicken dance and smashed a, bus, a Budweiser <laughs> bottle straight into my tooth. I'm sure I've told that story. Did before. you continue? Did you continue dancing? No, I went. Oh my god, because <laughs> like, my, my, like I haven't spoken to him in a few years, but my, my idiot friend Jonathan was just <laughs> dancing in a nightclub. He's a fucking idiot! Like oh, my idiot yeah. friend Jonathan. Because <laughs> I, I was drinking out of a bottle of Budweiser, so I was, I was eighteen, nineteen, and so yeah, 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 yeah. drinking it, and then I was going to drink it, and then he's just done this and smashed it, like smashed his elbow to be in the bottle, which has then got cooked, like karate chop and into the tooth, and then I just went, "What the fuck, man." And then, you idiot friend. Idiot. <laughs> As I felt my tooth crumble in my mouth. Was he an idiot friend before he did that? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Anyway, next match. Shall we? Yes. <laughs> so yes. We're twenty minutes into the the month in review, and so far we've talked about the Grado Jarrah segment from All In, which wasn't even on the zero hour. Wasn't even on zero hour. Yeah. 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 Fuck you, AW, for fucking starting zero yeah. hour. Just like just going. Oh, zero hour starts at five p.m. and then Tony went. Lol. Now nah, we'll just start whatever. Let's start negative one hour. Yeah. Yeah. I was trying to watch the football, man. 
Yeah. You didn't watch the footy. Idiot friend, Tony. And then, Fucking uh, cheers, Tony. It's Tony Khan's fault we lost 2-1. Yeah, I blame Tony. Idiot. Yeah. Right. <laughs> Next Act- match. Actual zero hour began, and MGF and Adam Cole defeated Aussie Open for the Ring of Honor World Tag Team titles. Uh, I was terrified going into that one because I thought one was going to get injured, but yeah. it all went all right, and we got a kangaroo kick, so what more do you want? And it was an entertaining match. I think yeah. there was a fear that they might sort of Just hold back a bit. I, th- I feel like it was a good match, but they played it safe. Like you, they yeah. didn't do anything ridiculous. Yeah. There wasn't anything that was like right that could cause a obvious injury. It was just right. It was a fun house show. Here's match. the spots you need. Mm. Here's the big win for them both. It was good. I liked it. Hook then defeated Jack Perry in the final match of the Zero Hour to win the FTW Championship. Crimea River. That match featured real glass. Real glass. Um, a limousine. Which had uh-huh. the real glass in it. I thought it was quite a good match because they just hit each other a lot. A yeah. lot of German suplexes in the middle all of a sudden. Um, and then more more weapons, and then Hook won. And Taz was very happy. He was buzzing. Um, from there, we all had a nice lie down for 20 minutes until the opening contest. <laughs> where, I mean, I didn't have high expectations for this one going in, but CM Punk defeated Samoa Joe to retain the real AW World Championship. Self-proclaimed. Oh, yeah. Felt like a fun opening match. Fun so they, opening they, match. they pitched it as an opening match. Punk went through some wonderful motions. It's, it's why you just smashed him through the announce table, like the bottom bit. Yeah, the bottom bit of the table yeah. as well. <laughs> it was one of the more entertaining matches of the night for me, personally. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big CM Punk and Samoa Joe fan, so it was like, okay, cool. This is a match that I've not seen in 20 years, almost. Apart from two Isn't months five? ago. Yeah, but like, <laughs> on a scale this big. I suppose, yeah. Yeah, forget about that one that was on, on, the, the, on, on collision. collision. Yeah. What else did we have? Oh, yeah, he won with the Pepsi Plunge. Yeah. Yeah. I think he's only done it twice since he's come back. Yeah, something like that. Get, like, I it's think a good he, finish. Yeah, very good finish. Fuck your knees, though. Yeah, but he clearly, we saw him as the vampire, the golden vampire. He struggled to get Joe up for the yeah. go to sleep. So yeah, he just like, thought, okay. fuck it, we'll do Pepsi nah, Plunge. We're not, that. we're not doing that. What else did we have? Ah, uh, yes, yeah, second match. Kanosuke Takeshita and Bullet Club shockingly defeated Kenny Omega, Hangman Pedro, Kota Ibushi. Not much on this one apart from Kota Ibushi. Still doesn't look quite right. And Jim Ross even pointed it out on commentary. Love in Jared. what way? Like, in that, he still clearly got ring rust and recovering from his shoulder issues that he had. Mm-hmm. Like, he, he, look, he looks like he hasn't wrestled in two years full-time, basically. I mean, yes. He looks fine, but he's, he's not like, he's not Kota Ibushi yet. He's still basically. better than a lot of wrestlers, but he's still not Kota Ibushi. Yeah. Uh, which is which is a shame, but I guess that's maybe why they're putting him in multi-man matches. He's maybe yeah, not cover up feeling for comfortable it. enough. Part of the issue as well, though, is in the multi-man match with Kenny Omega, who's still amazing. <laughs> and Jay White. Yeah. And Takeshita. And, well, Juice is there. He's brilliant. And even Hangman. Hangman. Like, yeah. Kotobushi, it's sad to say, was one of the worst aspects of the match, but it's still He's really, really there. good. It says a lot about how good that match was when Kotobushi was the worst part yeah. of that match. Yeah. What do we have there? Oh, yeah. We then had... One of the best tag matches of the year was FTR defeated the Young Bucks, shockingly, as we'll get to later, yes. um, to retain the AW World Tag Team titles. I thought the Young Bucks were definitely winning this, but mm-hmm. no. We both thought that, didn't we? Go yeah, into we Fraser. that. It was, uh, I didn't expect to see FTR walking out with the belts, especially with some real-life drama surrounding. Real-life drama. Crowd were a bit quiet at the beginning of this one, but they all, oh, they got into yeah, they it. Got into I think it. they were just packed from the first two matches. And this was, I think this was, was, was a thing that with AEW shows in general, is it's great that it's all killer, no filler. Yeah. But as we learned from those seven-hour WrestleManias, you do need a bit of filler. Yeah. <laughs> you, need to give, you need to give the crowd a chance to go for a piss and a beer. Yeah, well, that was my issue writing about it was, I was just like, I couldn't piss for two hours. Yeah. <laughs> I, was like, I was just, just constantly writing. I think eventually when Sting made his entrance, I was like, 
right, that was fun. Carl, I'm going to quickly go and run to the toilet. Don't know if anything happens. I think like, for us, we were just running in between matches, being like, right, yeah. there's a brief video package. Just quickly run, charge off. Um, this, was, this was a good match. This was really good. I feel like this is also where they decided to start, turn up the levels of the crowd a little bit. Yes. I think they, actually, they were very poorly mic'd before that. I think maybe they've gone... Okay, we need to turn them up just mm. a wee bit. Because the issue that you've got is that it's it's such a great, it's such a big crowd, but also it's a it's an open air stadium, yep. so the noise is always going to escape and not out, bounce yeah. around. But also, you've still got to mic them up, yeah. and I don't think they'd mic them up particularly well, which gives the impression that it was uh, quite a big crowd that were on the whole sat on their hands. Which yeah. they, which if you look at the crowd, oh, they, were they certainly were. Yeah. And any live videos, folk that have sent me videos of being there in attendance in person and it's loud and it's noisy, mm. but you, we just couldn't hear them on the feed. Also, though, we were watching it on stream and we had the volume down a little bit, so that probably affected us. Yeah. yeah so, um, so it seemed fine to me, where, but apart from the first two matches where they turned up, you were like, okay, this, is, this, yeah. this is fucking WrestleMania. Oh, yeah. Oh, was, it, was it during that match where we got a fuck the sun chant? Did, did, did we? So, <laughs> I yeah. don't remember that one. So there was, a, there was a Fuck the Sun chant and one of my mates who was up in the nosebleed sent a photo and the sun was like blinding. You couldn't see okay. anything. Uh, it was literally as the sun was going down, but it just hit a, a point where it was shining. Like just like a little square or like something. like reflective over everything and uh, a lot of the nosebleeds couldn't see for this match because they couldn't even see the screen because it was too too bright yeah there's, there's, so they're just like uh, right well we're not watching this I think one guy uh, that I know got it up on his phone just to watch the, just, just, to, just watch to watch the watch stream oh. be able, and be like right well we've got the commentary so we can we can watch and hear um, I wouldn't recommend doing that when you're there in person though. no <laughs> you won't watch it on a 10 second delay yeah. Well, you had that with um, WrestleMania years ago, didn't you? Where what well, this wasn't this was like an artificial light, but you had it where it was the area starts around your match, they were just blinding the crowd yeah. with this big light. WWE's quite bad for it. I haven't money in the bank as well. Lots of people are blinded by the lights. Yeah, mm. like the why they said, yeah the weekend blinded by the lights, yeah. which is why it's the theme song to WrestleMania. Going from blinding the lights, we go to darkness. <laughs> yeah, for us. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. go on. <laughs> yes, continue in. Segue. <laughs> the light went down, and we had <laughs> <laughs> the sun went down. And you're as good at segues <laughs> as Jack Atkins is. Yeah. <laughs> is he shite at them as Speaking well? Speaking of eggs, um, Vader's been released. <laughs> 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 We're halfway there for the concept of the segue. <laughs> you got the seg, not the way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fuck it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we had Stadium Stampede as Eddie Kingston, best friend, Orange Cassidy, Pella El Zero, Miedo, Dash Oscuro, defeated Blackpool Combat Club's Jean Moxley, Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Utah. Santana and Ortiz. Mm-hmm. Big match. Chaotic. But apparently it was rubbish in the arena because yep. there was that much chaos. But I very much enjoyed it on stream. Yeah. And a few folk that were there couldn't see anything and have watched it back since and went, oh, that, there was actually a match. That was like, actually really good. It was they really just, good. They just didn't see it in the couldn't arena. Yeah. Uh, a few cameos in that. In fact, we didn't give shout-outs to cameos that we had in the, in the pre-pre-show, in the pre-Zero Hour, who also cameoed in this one. There's a scene where uh, Eddie Kingston fights into a... a, a Bar a bar area. area where you had all the security guards from the Miro and Powerhouse Hub sign in. Yeah, which was Man Like Doris. Man Like Doris, Leon Slater, Michael Oku, uh, the reigning Simon, British heavyweight champion. Simon Miller. Simon Miller from What Culture <gasps> as well. What a boy. Can't say that on this. Yeah. Ah, we got it's Simon Miller. It's yeah, fine. Yeah. Big shout out to Simon. You know, seeing Simon Miller as one of the security guards and back here. Simon Miller at one point almost sized it up as 
Claudio. <laughs> Golden up for me. Golden up for me. It was cool to see all of them. Like, yeah, definitely. Uh, that, but that's what a year for Doris and Leon because at Money in the Bank and SmackDown, they got attacked by Roman Reigns. And now they're here. Well, they've been attacked by Powerhouse Hobbs <laughs> and Nero, but also going, you know, in the shot with the, the Black Bull Combat. On a pay-per-view. And on a pay-per-view. The biggest of, of the biggest show of all of time. All time. Well, that, that was a weird thing as well, wasn't it? Because you had Eddie Kingston shoving an umbrella down Wheeler Utah's throat. And like the place where if you win the FA Cup, you get the trophy there in the Royal Box. So just like, right, so you're going to have all these classic moments and fucking Eddie Kingston yeah. shoving an umbrella <laughs> down Utah's throat. <clears throat> ah, yes, from there we got to, I mean, we got We Will Rock You. Yeah. And then God saved the Queen, I suppose, because <laughs> this was for Tony Storm's entrance. Um, but Soraya defeated Tony Storm, Hikaru Shida, Britt Baker to win the AW Women's World title. All the drama and outcasts. All mm. of the drama. Mm. We saw Ruby yeah. Soho pop up, didn't we? Yeah, she got absolutely clobbered by Tony Storm. And um, we saw Soraya come out with the her Knight whole, family. Her whole family. The Knights get the Knights. in a day. Recky Knight got to stand in the ring at Wembley in front of the largest wrestling crowd ever. And now he can put on every single poster for the Knight family as have appeared in AEW. AEW's Ricky Knight. <laughs> and that moment isn't Soraya's. That's Ricky Knight's moment. Ricky Knight's moment. Ricky Knight has well, seen AEW. Well, it, it was a man, wasn't it? Just like Sweet Soraya, she gets decked by Tony Storm. Sold it well. But then she just starts screaming at the yeah. ring. <laughs> I love that bit because she got walloped by Tony Storm and Soraya hits the ground. Ricky Knight's next to her laughing his ass <laughs> off. Oh, love you got Spock out. That's his wife. She decked away. Watch it back. Ricky Knight's Sorry. having a lovely day. He knows, he knows he's about night. to get in the ring at Wembley. Like, <laughs> don't care about you, love. It's my Congra- moment. Congratulations to Ricky Knight, who won the AEW Women's Championship yeah. at All In. Fair fucks to him. Nah, it was it was a, a nice sort of. It was a great feel good moment. It was a for nice the crowd. Nod, yeah. It was a you know there wasn't many British talent that you could showcase on this show for numerous reasons. As we get because we're all shit. No, they're all rubbish. So to Ricky Knight getting his day is yeah. great. Uh, Soraya getting getting the win here and getting the title. Is it going to be a long reign and a busy reign? I don't know. It really depends on, on where Soraya's at physically. Yeah. But I think it was just a nice feel-good moment. Then there'll be no harm done if it's a, a short title reign. We had a wonderful moment. Of course. From, from there, it was showtime with British Sting. <laughs> what was it? It was Sherlock Holmes Sting, wasn't no, it? No, he was Jack the Ripper. Ah, fuck, was it? Yeah, that's what they were doing. He was Jack the Ripper. That's a bit morbid, isn't it? That's what I took from it, anyway. He was down a back alley in London where... I, a top hat in but, long coat. In... I thought he was Sherlock and Darby was Watson. That was my takeaway. <laughs> Darby being... Darby's, Darby's like Dr. Watson. Good night, Mr. Sting. <laughs> oh, Sting. I, I thought it was Jack the Ripper was what they were going for. I thought it was Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Oh, he might pass the liquor, you know, all that. Jack the Ripper. Well, clearly I'm wrong. You but... are wrong. You Idi- he's our <laughs> idiot friend. <laughs> yeah, was it, I'm trying to remember, it was, was it somebody here or was it a friend of mine who said that they were out in London? So I'd, I'd seen posts on Reddit that you saw a post on Reddit. They were spotted late night in London, like the night before filming at like 3 a.m. down a back alley. Someone walking home getting a chippy. <laughs> There's um, a sting left. Sting and Darby in a back alley in full garb as Jack the fucking Ripper. And then they're like... Yeah, I think I'll move on from yeah. there. <laughs> but they posted it, took a snap and posted it on. Um, so I did have his outfit spoiled, but I'm kind of gutted he didn't wear it to the ring. 
Yeah. Like, what the, what, what, the yeah. top hat in the ring. Yeah. We have that lovely, yeah, that lovely outfit, and then he comes to the ring in a t-shirt. T-shirt yeah. and trousers. T-shirt, t-shirts thing. <laughs> nah, 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 cool nah, face paint, nah, though. Nah, 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 nah. Cool face Great paint. face paint. Cool man. I, yeah, oh yes. Don't need. I don't like t-shirts, Sting. But I think he just feels self-conscious now, doesn't he? Because he's sixty-four, yeah. and he's got to wear that body protector thing that he does. Yeah, it's so not a better way you could wear it though, without having a t-shirt on. Uh, yeah. Probably. Well, it depends if you want people to know that he's wearing it. I suppose because it's not. Could you not incorporate it in your outfit? Like make a new outfit, which is like which kind of covers more of your body, but the body protector is part of it. Because he has worn like long sleeve stuff in the past, which I think looks yeah. slightly better. Mm. Yeah, than the short sleeve with the undershirt. Yeah, maybe he's a bit too warm. Might have been. Was it was it, it, We'll get at this, but the weather wasn't shit. The weather Whoa, wasn't shit. We, we, yeah. we didn't we didn't discuss the weather. We didn't. And as British broadcasters, that is a disgrace on our part. It is. Yeah. But um, Sting and Darby Allen defeated Swerve Street and Christian Cage in a coffin match. His hair was out the coffin. Run it back. Yeah. But you also had the funny bit as well where I think it was you were pointing out, Tom, when Darby missed the coffin, he was really hurt. But he landed right on it perfectly fine. Yeah. yeah. That, that was just wrestling logic. There. Wrestling logic is when, you are, when you're aiming to land on a weapon, it doesn't hurt as much as it does if you miss and land on the same weapon. It's because you're not prepared for it. Your body's, yeah, Your you're body's not mentally prepared to, to, to have that pain, yeah. That's so really the trick is always prepare as if you're going to hit nothing always and expect. you'll be invincible. <laughs> always expect the unexpected. Always expect the unexpected. Yeah. Um, from there we had another British talent and Will Ospreay. He defeated Chris Jericho. Oh, fantastic. After an Excellent match. After Fozzy sold out Wembley. Yeah. I, see, live on the stream, I thought the Fozzy performance was all right. And that, <laughs> but, but some people thought it was shite. I thought it was, it was fucking dreadful. dreadful. Did you? But Jack was saying that in the arena, they loved it and thought it was great and sounded good. I thought Jericho sounded very gassed, was not really uh, with it, was out of time. <laughs> and it was, it was fun, but I'd never want it to happen again. Right. I didn't mind it. I thought it was fine. I, I made a, the saddest prediction that I made going into the show is that Jericho won't be able to resist doing the Freddie Mercury. Yeah. And as he walks out, straight He couldn't make it. And to be fair, had I been at Wembley on a mic, I'd have gone, Ayo! I wouldn't have resisted. You've got to. You have to. You have to. Especially at the biggest Fozzy show in history. Yeah. It is the biggest Fozzy. And he'll have that on a poster forever. He will. <laughs> and Ricky Knight are going to the same poster <laughs> shop. Fozzy sold, or played to a sold out Wembley. Played to a sold out yeah. Wembley. Uh, opening song was shite. Match was brilliant. Yeah. And it, I was yeah. so happy because Jericho, it is like rolling a dice sometimes to see which version of Jericho you get. Because yeah. I watched him sometimes week to week, sometimes day to day, go from having a phenomenal match and then a shit fest. <laughs> yeah, because like he had in reality, his match of Cole was shit at double nothing. Awful. Like, but I think it was probably his best match since Revolution twenty twenty two when he like like him and Kingston battered each other. Mm, like, I mean, yeah. he had a decent few with Danielson, but didn't quite live up to our expectations really. And twenty twenty three has been a weird year for him because he hasn't quite hit the heights. And it, I mean, most of the discourse has been like, Jericho needs to fuck off, really. Mm. Or, or freshen up his... or, or freshen up a little bit yeah, yeah. But, but he did that before he went Chris Jericho's back yeah you can still go that's that really all it takes now for Jericho is just freshen up his act every 18 months and folk yeah. go okay we can have another 18 months of Jericho yeah uh, Will Ospreay though best wrestler in the world I think it's very much leaning in that like, general direction he's definitely I think he's staked to claim for top three. Oh, he's definitely um, top three top three for sure who's ahead of him though Omega and Danielson 
I would I would say it depends on the day. It depends on the most recent match. You're only yeah. as good as your last match, really. Mm. And I think um, that's very diplomatic. Yeah, I think I think Osprey for me currently is better than the other two. Well, Danielson's fucked at the minute. He is. <laughs> so he's he's shit. <laughs> uh, I think uh, someone else that's in the, that conversation though right now is, is someone in the main event but we'll get to him ah fuck yes he's there oh yes but the the same main event where you can have the I suppose you can have your piss break really this here. was the, the, the best we had when it came to a piss break match the closest yeah, to a piss break when the acclaimed and Billy Gunn badass Billy Gunn defeated House of Black for the AW World Trios Championships. Oh, I mean, yeah. there was there was a Shiver Me Timbers to... Is it, no, Scissor Me Timbers. Scissor Me Timbers. Scissor Me Timbers to... Um, Julia Hart. Julia Hart's yam bag, as Taz called it. Yeah, right in the yam bag. Right in the yam bag. It was uh, Anthony Bowens that did it, so it was fine. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then Billy Gunn won. Lovely. Got a nice yeah. big pop. Lovely moment. Badass. I mean, uh, I think it helped put the acclaim back on track. I mean, they've had a bit of a weird year since losing the titles. Tag titles. I think they lost them prematurely, and then that really ruined any of their momentum. So yeah, having them yeah. with the trios belts gives Billy a, a little run before he does eventually retire. And I don't know if you've got it in the notes for later, but they're pink. They are, yeah. So they unveiled new tag titles, new trios belts on Dynamite this week, which are hot pink. And there's a little bit on the back of the belt where it's indented, and the belt straps scissor each other. <laughs> they can scissor each other. They can scissor themselves all the time. It's great. It's amazing what we could do in 2023, isn't it? Right. Yeah. <laughs> They've got computers. <laughs> nice to see House of Black also showing respect at the end of the match. Yeah, give, the it, give them the belts. I don't know what they'll do now. Maybe the broken hand. I know, yeah, because there was like, so we'll get to this later. <laughs> but someone may or may have not have had a broken hand, but they did break it at least during the match. In yep. Brody King, broken mm. hand. Didn't there. use their strong hand. No. Take my strong, strong hand. <laughs> but yes, that it was time. It was time for the main event of the evening. MGF versus Adam Cole. I mean, all the drama going into it was who is going to turn. I think we'd sort of got the consensus of probably going to be Cole to turn. Yeah. And then they went, nope, none of us are turning. And to be honest, I, I, I very much enjoyed it how neither turned. It was a lovely moment as a fan where they, they go back to what they did months ago, really, where it's, this time it's MGF going, hit me. If you're going to do it, hit me now, you bastard. Hit yeah. me and Cole. And you've got Ronnie going, fucking hit him. Mm-hmm. Hit him. Hit him now. And Adam's just like, it ah, just, just goes and hugs him. It was it was a really nice moment. The swerve was there was no swerve. Yeah, um, and I think it's smart. Don't do a big turn on your biggest show. You want a nice moment to end it on. Yeah, do I, the turn later. But I, I was really worried though when they did the false finish when, when they did the double pin. Right, I was like, yeah. oh no. <laughs> uh, if the, yeah, but having that big moment where, and I think it was kind of like a not a star making performance because he's already a star, but like MGF doing the the whole we're gonna have a winner in fucking Wembley. That's the babyface moment. Yeah, that's the moment where it's like, okay, he is—he's now your top babyface. He's face. your top babyface. Mm-hmm. But but it works because he hasn't really changed his gimmick. His gimmick is just now going. I'm your scumbag. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm still guy. a cunt, but I'm your cunt. You're like, yeah, and it works. And that is the best types of faces and heels. The Rock didn't change much when either he was a face or a heel. Worked for him. I've been saying for ages that Adam Cole hasn't changed much about his character. He's been a heel this entire time, but just mm. getting face reactions. And it works really well in AEW because it means they're not going to do the whole, oh, thank you, fans. You, I oh, I love every single one of you. He's going to be like, I hate some of you, but yeah. you're a scumbag. It's great. I can't wait to see what babyface MGF does. Yeah. I mean, it'll be weird for the sort of, because I, I sort of all thought this was leading at the end of the year to 
MGF 2024 thing where they have like a big baby face defeat him, but that's sort of out the window now, I suppose. Well, for now, at least. For I mean, now. the nice thing about the MJF character is that if something comes along and he ends up turning, I don't think we'll be upset about it. I think mm. if it's done right, I still think there is a backstab coming. The other thing is that they, they turn it into a MGF versus the authority type storyline where he's like, I want to stay, but they're not offering me the money. They're mm. not offering me a contract. And you get the groundswell of support to to stop him from going elsewhere. And th- that keeps him as extra over face. He's like, I don't want to leave. And we get the winter of MGM. But they're forcing me to leave. Mm. You, could, you could completely twist it on his head. But I, yeah, I'm very excited going forward with this. MJ face. Despite all of those great things, though, there was lots of things that we didn't get at all in because of scrapped plans. Mm. Kids love scrapped plans. <laughs> But yeah, we'll get to it. Um, so, one of the, I mean, one of my big disappointments heading at the show is there was no Kenny Omega singles match. I thought, on the biggest show of all time, surely have one of your best wrestlers just absolutely batter somebody. Yeah. Preferably Takeshita, because that was like a four-month feud by this point. But yeah. we're getting that at all out instead. Um, but the original plan actually was for a huge match. It was going to be Kenny Omega versus Brian Danielson. But, of course, Danielson ruined his arm and broke it when... He wrestled Okada with Forbidden Door. But then having said that, the other consideration, according to Nigel McGuinness, was Brian Danielson versus Nigel McGuinness. Yeah. <laughs> and then McGuinness took a photo in his ring gear, showing what, showing what could have been. Had it already. As he was, yeah, he was match fit and good to go. But he said, look, I'll only come out of retirement for Brian Danielson. Yeah. And Maybe then, next year, I suppose. Maybe. Get, get the campaign started now, Tom. Because he, he retired. Nigel McGuinness versus Grado. <laughs> <laughs> There's your tag match. Yeah, we've done go. it. We've booked it. We've it's, saved wrestling. It's me and Jeff Jarrett versus Grado and Nigel McGuinness. Now, I, th- I think if you have Danielson come back, take the title from MJF mm. in a heelish fashion and then build to Danielson McGuinness at Wembley Stadium, I think that's a nice main event. Mm. Yeah, or that could work. Kenny Omega. Or Omega. Right. Or Grado. Or Grado. Or Grado. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Jamie Hayter wasn't on the card. She was probably going to be the women's champion in the four-way, but she's been absent double or nothing. And isn't expected to return till at least early 2024. It's terrible, isn't it? Yeah. It would have been a big moment. I feel like she would have got that big win rather than Saria. Yeah. But yeah. I think, yeah, I could easily have seen that being Jamie Hayter's big comeback and big triumph. Well, in- well it, it was set up nicely, wasn't it? But we still don't actually know what... Injury she's got, we just know she's ruined multiple injuries. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, they targeted the shoulder, and that seemed to be the thing that they were selling mm. as the injury on camera. So maybe there's some truth to that. Maybe it's maybe it's much worse. Yeah, there's one thing I forgot to mention, but we'll get to it. Um, was Mercedes Monet was in the crowd? What the fuck? And mm. she's expected to be in AW when her foot is less bad. <laughs> <laughs> she was she was on a boot all night. Yeah, which some fans were convinced was a work. And that she was going to take the boot off and attack just, somebody. Just run down. Quite, that's, no. a hell, that's a hell of a run in that, Commitment isn't it? Commitment to the cause, <laughs> isn't it? Now, she was on a boot and crutches, and, and, and they didn't want to show the boot, which is why at one point there was, they were fighting in her section and she'd moved. Yes. To which people went, ah, here we go, Monet's going to involve herself in the show. It was just to get just her out of the way. safety reasons. Safety reasons, yeah. isn't it? Ah, yes. So, Sidham Stampede had a lot of changes going into it. I mean, the original plan was actually going to be a, a, a three-team stadium stampede chaos I thing, love this idea. Where it would have been Blackpool Combat Club of Moxley, Clem, Claudio and Utah against Best Friends and Orange Cassidy versus Death Triangle. Um, I mean, those plans are basically ruined because Pac got injured at Death Before Dishonor. We still don't really know what's wrong with him or how long he's going to be out for, but it ruled him out of Wembley. 
And then and then they did announce announce a six versus six match at the week before the show where Ray Phoenix was the extra man on the babyface side and the three men was Blackwood Combat Club and then what was going to be Santana on Ortiz and an extra guy. Fightful Selector said there was actually no plans to have a, to have the extra guy and AW booked the match despite it making them look disorganised knowing Phoenix couldn't do it because he's trying to establish residency in the UK. Not the UK, the US. US. I guess, though, if the news that Ray Phoenix couldn't make the show hadn't got out because of his visa issues, it would have looked... Because right, it would have yeah. just been an injury angle and they've gone, right, cool, we're doing five on five. Mm. But, yeah, it does make it look a bit disorganised in the sense of Blackpool Combat Club went, we'll find a sixth member, and then just went... Nah, fuck it. Nah, no, these two will do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. These two will be fine. It's a shame that we didn't get to see Ray Phoenix on the biggest show, and it's a shame we didn't see Pac, because yeah. he's probably just sitting somewhere here. Maybe be, be, be in Darius Hall. Yeah. <laughs> he's, yeah, he's somewhere in the postcode area, yeah. isn't he? Just going... Oh, uh, he probably doesn't care. He's probably on the trampoline park or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's called <He's> gravity. <laughs> but he can't remember where it is. Yeah. Can't remember where it is. No. But he thought, fuck it all together, went to the tune match and got even more sad. After uh, imagine he was sat next to you. And yeah. You're going fucking the zero hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! I'm on that. <laughs> it's just on the sofa, just like what the fuck. Wait, up after this pack, I'm off to watch AEW. <laughs> I like the I like the idea he says gear. Sitting there watching the football. <laughs> I like, I like watching the football. He's under, he's fucking freezing. Oh, he's in his kick pads on and everything. Yeah. Just, just ready to scrap, punch a scowl in his Liverpool score again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, body lad. Black arrow a horse after the match. <laughs> <laughs> Him in November with the hardest nipples of all time. <laughs> Heard it right here first from Ingen. Kids yeah. love hard nipples. That, that's the second nipple talk of this episode, actually. We've done well away. Yeah. We should go for a trifecta <laughs> later a on. Third nipple, if yeah. you will. Speaking We've, of, we're only on the first thing, guys. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of nipples, AR Fox has two of them. <laughs> <laughs> neither of which were at Wembley on no, Sunday. Neither. <laughs> so. AR Fox was meant to be in the coffin match against Sting and Darby Allen with Swear Strickland. Would have been the biggest match of Fox's career. Yes. Um, and what we found out was there's, there's actually heat on AR Fox. This is from Dave Meltzer. Because basically he's been booked in the match with the sounds of it and then didn't tell anybody he actually couldn't travel to the UK for one reason or another. And then I think this, told him at the last minute and they've just gone, what the fuck, man? Um, yeah. Put Christian Cage in and... AR Fox is now out of Mogul Embassy. Yeah. It looks like it's just been punished, really. He's gone, you fucked us over. We've advertised this match. We've given you this platform, and you lied to us. Well, I think it was you were saying, Fraser, in Strickland's promo where he kicks out Fox, he goes, I can't trust you. Can't trust you, yeah. Like, so I, that feels layers. like Tony Khan just going, can you say this, Swerve? Please, yeah. please, please say it. Please oh. say it. I want to show that I've got a backbone. Um, <laughs> I can't trust you, mate. <laughs> and, it's, uh, and then we saw the U-turn that was visible from space. Which is where he went, you know how I beat you up the other week, Derby, my mate? Yeah, um, nobody beat him up. He left uh, him in a pool, a pool of his own blood. Yeah, and he was like, ah, let's let bygones be bygones. You're like, wrestling. But hey, at least we got <laughs> Christian Cage being like, Nick Wayne, I hear you have a father. <laughs> it, it, it was the pause 
the pause. It was so good. Like he's he's an absolute master yeah. of heat at the moment. And just uh, <laughs> everyone knew as soon as his music hit, it was like <laughs> everyone oh, was shit. shit. But what, what an interesting career renaissance for Christian Cage. To, to like we never would have called this on any bingo card. Like Christian Cage becomes synonymous with mocking people's dead. Have you guys, dad. Have you guys seen the edit on uh, Twitter of someone that edited his theme? Where it's uh, so he's got he's the whole music. Father. But your father's dead. <laughs> it's so <laughs> like the whole theme. <laughs> it's like the whole theme is just just him hating on. But your father's dead, dead, dead. <laughs> but they did that. They exclusively put him in like feuds the rest of the years with like orphans, and that'll be it. I was going to yeah. say we need we need a bit of him in an orphanage, yeah. walking and rubbing his hands together. Christian Cage versus the cast of Annie. <laughs> <laughs> He's even adopted an orphan because Luchasaurus's dad surely dead. Millions, millions of years millions ago. Millions of years ago. Yeah. yeah. So when he turns on Luchasaurus, that's what. It, <laughs> Your dino daddy's dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me. Who, who, who has dead dads that you could feud with? I don't know. Um, the Undertaker. <laughs> yeah, there were, there were Kane. Yeah, Kane. Kane. Oh, well, Paul, no, Paul, oh, yeah, yeah. Paul Bearer's really, dead. He's very dead. In real life, too. Yeah. Um, That's him. Arnold Rimmer. If you feuds with Corey, <laughs> your father is yeah. dad. <laughs> of course he is. Your father. Maybe it's your father stroked. He's dead. Oh, no. so they hadn't written. I can't read it. Edge. Edge is, Edge is estranged. Estranged. Oh, you're estranged from your father. <laughs> Not that he just never had a dad, did he? Yeah. Um, like the Virgin Mary. Dolly it? the Sheep. The Virgin Edge. The Virgin Edge. The Dolly the Sheep. Didn't have a dad. Yeah, clones. Yeah. <laughs> test tube. Test tube sheep. He just goes and finds her corpse and just like <laughs> just a, goes to the a Scottish Edinburgh Museum. <laughs> is, that where, is, that Dolly, is that where Dolly is? In the glass <laughs> container. <laughs> most um, most Disney uh, protagonists. Yeah. Anna yeah. and Elsa. Yeah. Well, yeah. Their, their dad's, dad's dead. dead. Their dad's Although dead. there's a fan theory that suggests that they've washed up on an island and had a baby called Tarzan. I said this to Alex, right? And she, if you ever want to make Alex angry, like bring this theory up with her because she hates it. I think it's. She hates like fan theories for stuff like Disney. She's like, no, stop it. I think there's a lot of. I think there's something that needs to be looked into. That's all mm. I'm saying. There's questions to be asked. Also, the trolls are the real villain of Frozen. Yeah, so Elsa and Anna's dad, fully alive. Tarzan's papa. The only theory that Alex will accept is that Frozen and Tangled are the same universe because you see um, what's her face from Tangled turning up wedding. to the wedding. So Alex goes, "Yeah, that's fine. She's there. Same except same that. universe." But don't tell me that Tarzan is Anna and Elsa's the theory, brother. The Pixar theory about the whole universe, like the it, it, what the PCU, the PCU, yeah, yeah, Pixar cinematic. Where like they're all set in the same universe. So like Wally's right at the end oh. of it. Mm. But the Incredibles in the sixties, but you also had like Toy Story is actually in the same universe as all. Yeah, but it's, it's a really interesting theory. There's a, which explains why in Brave you have uh, Sully carved into some of the wood carvers carving. They also yeah. think Boo is is the old woman <gasps> in Brave. I heard that too. So it's just a theory, a, a film, film theory. theory. And continue, please. Sorry. Yes. So, <laughs> so such was the success of All In that AEW are coming back next year. Yeah, to this do, is a big headline. To, Get do, to do Wembley again. That's on brilliant. Sunday, August 25th, they're going to try and pack it out again. 
I mean, I don't know how well they'll do. I'm not even going to make a prediction because it'll be wrong. It's it's going to be big. It's a big week for... I'm hoping to go to that one. Yeah, I'm it's hoping big, to go to... big weekend. Well, literally a week before, we I'll didn't be get Taylor go- Swift oh, at yeah. Wembley. Bloody hell. Big, big night for me. Big week for me. Just stay in London. I think I might. Yeah. Fuck it, we didn't get to go. Fuck Jack Atkins. We're you all need going. You We're need to all go to going. Show. We need to go. Yeah. yeah. I need it's to go. Gibbons turn. Somebody's got to manage Grado when he fights Jarrett next year at Wembley. That's yeah. true. Aiden Gibbons. You have a no You can manage down. Jarrett. I'll manage Grado. Aiden Grado Bins. Yeah. Grado Bins? Grado Bins. Grado. Grado. Mini Grado. I want you to manage Jarrett, but I want you to come up before him and get on the mic and go. Here he is. Here's the big lad. <laughs> Look at it. Oh. Kids love Jack. Kids Jarrett. love Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> Look at all the content Woo! I've just. <laughs> Jeff Jarrett just rides out on Yoshi or something. <laughs> <laughs> just your, your Tony Khan announcement. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, have we, have we revealed this on the context? Is that Yoshi is the big lad officially in the cultaholic office? I, it's it's based on when Aiden yeah. went to go and see the Mario movie, and at the end, you get the little Yoshi egg. Spoiler, by the Spoiler. way. Aiden in the cinema went, There he is. There's the big lad <laughs> and it just tickles us so the big lad the big is lad. a line that gets used quite a yeah. bit There's Yoshi Tatsu Yoshi big Tatsu lad. the big lad <laughs> <laughs> I bet you had the fucking Tony Khan going hey, 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 hey. <laughs> uh, but he came out at the end didn't he and Jack was just like I wish he'd fuck off <laughs> <laughs> congratulations Orange uh, on the big win <laughs> oh god oh yeah. so, he got so, roasted so, 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 yeah so, so we'll get this <laughs> He will listen to this as well. He, he will, yeah. He, but it was, yeah, so it went down, it was it was Jack King, a.k.a. Yep. Jack T. Jobber. Um, Jack Atkins, a lovely yep. Jack Atkins, lovely man. Yep. Uh, he went down. He came up here. We, we, went, we went out for curry and um, Other nice sandwiches, things. yeah. Um, what else happened? Ah, yes, Luke Osborne went down. He and was Pierce. amazing. Yeah, big shout to Luke Osborne. Osborne. Yeah. Basically, was like the London A to Z. Uh, and also, best mates with Will Ospreay. Who yeah. knew? Yeah. Who knew? And Pierce Graffin. And Pierce Graffin. Pierce Graffin also pushed very him. good, too, from the videos I watched. Yes. Good job, lads. Unfortunately, Jack Pierce, Atkins, I don't though. see much about him because he, he's just next door. Jack Atkins, though, congratulating Orange Cassidy. Yeah, so first of all, he had some lovely salmon free of charge in the press box. Yeah. Um, and then, right, it's been a thing in the office, right, where it, it's the weirdest thing of, at, at these press scrums, people go, congratulations on your big win. And, I, like, in the office, we look and go, it's fake, man. Yeah. Like, it, it is a sport decided by Tony Khan or Vince McMahon or yeah. Triple H. And so we're just like, just, just go... That was a good show, wasn't great it? Show. And then go to your great show, go to your question. Don't go, congratulations on your big win. Orange had nothing to do with winning. Great performance. You could say great, great performance. Great performance. That works. I like that one. But John Atkins, but congratulations on your, your hard-fought victory. Hard-fought to Orange. And it was, um, I think it was you, Tom, and Adam, Adam Pacitti were like, get in there, Atkins, wonderful. And my immediate message to him was in all camps going, congratulations, question mark, you gim. <laughs> <laughs> I did message him after and say congratulations on your hard fought question. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But I mean, he had a good response when if it's real to Bret Hart, it's real to me. And I was like, yeah, fair, fair, fair play. Fair, fair. It just proves that Jack Atkins is all talk. Yeah. But, but this was a weird <laughs> thing. So, so a second question was to Saray about the, the status of the outcast. Did he congratulate on her hard fought victory? No, he didn't this time. Oh, see, like, now that was a hard fought victory. He sent me a message back going, happy now? And I was like, <laughs> and I was like yes, much happier, thank you. Jack Atkins <laughs> just sending salty texts during the media scrum. It's fucking Denise Elsado's there trying to cut and edit everything as she goes. Atkins is there going, how was that? Fucking dickhead better. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> someone else who was sending salty texts, I imagine, that weekend, though, was CM Punk. Oh, yes. We'll oh! Get, yes. I see you are. So, everyone, a segue. Segue! <laughs> everyone agrees that the show was a banger, but the news site has been dominated by one man. And that man, after a one-month break, he's back. Still real it's to him. CM Punk, everybody. Oh, yes. Here he is. Now, we're going to have to split this into chapters because it's so fucking long um, where we'll treat it like the prestige. We'll start up with the setup. We then have the other bit and then the prestige. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. This, this is, is where movie. CM Punk disappears forever. This is, this is your Nolan here. <laughs> yeah, this, this is my Nolan moment. <laughs> so if a big nuclear bomb goes off and we die, rest in peace. Oh, <laughs> I'm happy to go that way. Right, so I'll put it on the desk. Well, I've never seen CM fucking Punk. <laughs> right. So, so this is the CM Punk month of all CM Punk months. I was thinking, right, Joe, well, when we do the end of month, <laughs> end of year thing, literally, right, we're going to be there but We'll have one hour, episode about CM Punk. punk and then we'll do the rest of it. Yeah, we'll do a punk episode and then and not then all other things. Yeah. And right. so I've started off where do we even begin? For once things have been quiet on the CM Punk front for a little while, but that unchanged on the August twelfth edition of AW Collision when Punk out of nowhere took shot at Hangman Page following the show. Punk said, Earlier today I went to a local supermarket and I figured out why they call him Hangman. It's because the pegs in the toy aisle are full of hangman action figures because no one wants to buy them. He's a peg warmer, unlike me who moves merchandise and pops ratings and sells toys. Everyone at AW says, I'm the heart, I'm the soul, I'm the spirit. Well, that's objective. I think we've got a hangman page. We do. I, we I've do. got one in the house, actually. So is that much of a is that much of a peg war? Punk, I fucking bought one. But yeah, so from that, um, it emerged that Punk's comments were supposed to be a joke that went terribly wrong, and he apologised to Page actually on the Sunday morning, um, August thirteenth. Punk was then fined for his comments, possibly as much as ten thousand dollars. What the hell? He's a multimillionaire, so that's probably just pocket nothing change. Pe- pe- pocket change. Yeah. But it, it's it's the it's a it, lot of money. It's the it's the principle. That's a lot of money. Yes, for us. For us. But not, not CM Punk. No. But yes, um, but all this actually did was basically spark the lingering issues. Kenny Omega. Oh, we did give away. Ah, uh, yes. Hangman. Yeah, well, we got Omega then. We've got Omega. Bradley yeah. Rhodes is there. Yeah. You could get a Bradley Rhodes. I don't know why they call it Hangman Brandy. <laughs> <laughs> right. We'll move on swiftly from that. <laughs> <laughs> what is a hangman brandy actually do you think it's like a little bit of lemon in there so nice Ooh, nice. nice nice texan whiskey oh like yeah nice texan whiskey drop a lemon a little bit of ice a bit of ice um, i know what punk yeah. perry is though what's oh it's pepsi and jack oh yes in a glass in a glass oh. in real glass, glass. <laughs> real glass. not just any glass the <gasps> finest, of, the finest glass. of glasses but yes, so Punk's comments, basically, they opened the floodgates to all the shit that's been going on backstage of AEW. Basically, while it was quiet last month, basically. Yep. But it's come to light that Punk is essentially the sheriff of AEW Collision. It's his show, and he does whatever the fuck he wants, because no one's stopping him. Yep. But he's actually got to the point where he's unofficially blocking people from Collision. So people like he's blocked are Ryan Nemeth. Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy, and AW Head of Talent Relations, Christopher Daniels. Such is Punk's power that he can block actual officials from coming to his shows. Like management. Yeah. Actual management. Um, Punk is able to get away with this because AW basically view him as he's the top star of, of Collision and they feel he's indispensable to the success of the show, which, which he probably is, to be honest, really. I'm interested to see... Well, what happens? Forward, what happens if he's not on it? Yeah. Um, what we've heard is Matt Hardy and Isaiah Cassidy, basically, they were kept away because their seat is too close to the elite. 
Christopher Daniels, meanwhile, he he broke up Brawl Out, the brawl between Kenny Omega, the Young Bucks, Ace Steel, and Kenny Omega back at All Out 2022. He broke that up, but Punk views him as he was on the elite side, and he's got the sort of warped view that if Ace Steel can't be at Collision Tournament, then neither, then neither can Christopher Daniels. Of course, Ace Steel was the man who bit Kenny Omega and threw a chair at Nick Jackson's head. Well, Christopher Daniels is renowned. Nice man. Nice man, Christopher Daniels. Yeah. Um, the Ryan Never story is a little bit bigger, so it's got some paragraph here. No. But after Punk's return probe on June 17th, where he goes, I'm the one true general article in the world full of counterfeit books. Hey, doesn't David Sazlav love me? Hey. Um, Ryan Never tweeted, going softest man alive. <laughs> now, it was never pointed out directly whether this was about CM Punk, but it was about CM Punk. Yeah. Um, so... A few days later, when Punk then rocks up a dynamite, he angrily and aggressively confronted Nemeth, um, where Punk complained about the tweet, saying it inflamed existing tensions and that the optics of the tweet sent a bad message. Nemeth then moves the argument into the hallway, and Punk continues to berate him. Nemeth goes, but you sh- you took a shot first. Punk goes, that doesn't matter. The tweet, The timing of your tweets are bad because we were all trying to move on. Punk trying to move on there by taking a shot at the Young Bucks, of course. Um, <laughs> Nemeth then apparently apologised to Punk and they shook hands, at which point Nemeth actually decides to lay low after the incident because, and this is a quote from a report, his job, uh, for Peter Retorch, his job could be at risk if Punk spoke out behind the scenes against him. Which is scary, that the fact that one person who could have so much power just to get rid of him like that because he... he did a tweet. Yeah. So also on this August, so this this leads us to the August twelfth edition of Collision, where this is the same show where Punk took a shot at Hangman, but Nemeth is booked on that show, and CM Punk became very annoyed after Ryan Nemeth reportedly did not say hello to him, um, and the people Punk was if, and all this did was set Punk off, and Nemeth was later sent home by Pat Buck, um, and this ultimately leads to Hangman Page, who was booked to be to tape a pre-tape interview. I mean, it's later, that's later revealed to be the sort of one ways there with the bottle of beer and he's outside the army and he's drinking on hospital yep. property. So he lives quite near to Greensboro where the show was taped and the idea was that Hangman could tape it here. He's quite nearby, then he could toddle off home. But Punk was not directly involved in this, but Hangman was told to keep away to keep the peace. Great. Just in case it sent Punk yep. off. Um, contrary to all of this, Punk is apparently trying to keep Collision a drama-free zone. <laughs> <laughs> um, and like he's just like, okay, I want to show the leadership that, that he feels the elite aren't showing on Dynamite. No drama, you pricks. <laughs> As part of that leadership, he created some drama at his own show where Jack Perry was booked, this was earlier in the summer, he was booked to use real glass in a segment, but it was approved by AEW, um, but... At the show, it's come out that AW officials and Tony Giovanni and Darkness have basically tried to talk him out of it. Punk's then been brought in to try and talk Perry out of it. The issue that we have here is the side of the story we have is from people close to CM Punk. We haven't really heard Perry's side of the story mm-hmm. beyond that he was saying it was approved and then Punk got involved and blocked it. So one of the reasons Punk didn't want him to use the glass was because for the vacation, the idea was... Perry was going to have the next week off that a pre-approved vacation. But Punk feels that people in AEW will use real glass, so they're going to have the next week off TV, which he thinks is a major issue. Yeah. Uh, so it's a bit of a mess. It's a bit, of a bit of a mess, a bit of a leap as well if he had a pre-approved holiday. But I, I do agree in the sense of don't use real glass. It's unpredictable. Yeah. yeah. It's a bit of a risk. As we found out, Ad, as, yeah. as we'll get to. Uh, but 
this is all this is all still the setup, but Punk around all this and being drama free, all this sort of rubbish, he's actually kept up the issues with the elite. The elite haven't spoken about Punk at all, but um ahead of Death Before Dishonor in July, Punk posted a photo of it's a Death Before Dishonor shirt, it's got the wrong date on it. I mean, these T-shirts were never released, and the, the issue was noticed quite quickly. But Punk posted the issue, like posted the photo, basically just um, it was perceived to be a shot of Mac Jackson's wife, who was in charge of the AW merchandise. Amid all of this, there's Tony Khan, <laughs> who who's going la 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 la. la. <laughs> Not only to go la 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 la, but when CM Punk came backstage at the June twenty first edition of Dynamite, Tony Khan cocked his fist. I was like, CM Punk, CM Punk, CM Punk. And CM Punk awkwardly walks past smiling. <laughs> and it's like, you're, like, you've got the boss here doing essentially fuck all and just letting one it's of his top happen, stars get yeah. away with it. But this all leads us to the prestige at AW All In. Nice. Just another page to go, everybody. But here we go. <laughs> <laughs> so the show begins. Jack Perry faces Hook on the Zero Hour. That is before the opening contest. Jack Perry says, at the limousine goes, it's real glass, cry me a river. And I didn't notice this at the time, but a lot of people sort of went, oh, this isn't going to end well. And it certainly did not end well, as upon going backstage at the gorilla position, Jack Perry's getting checked out, because he actually went through with the real glass, got a little cut on his back, so don't use real glass, kids. But CM Punk's waiting to go out as well. Now, there's, there's varying reports on this, but what we do know is there was a backstage altercation between Jack Perry and CM Punk, and they have both since been suspended. Now, I'm, I'm going to go through all the different accounts of what happened here. Well, it gets that. a bit Rasham on here. I'm going to yeah. nip the toilet. Could yeah. you bring me a, a soft drink back? I can bring you a soft just, drink. Uh, uh, Dealer's choice. Thank yeah. you. So I'll, 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 I've got a tango and a Volvic. <laughs> so so I'll, I'll continue talking. Please do. I'm listening. <laughs> <laughs> this um, is this is where it gets very Rashomon. Yeah, where it's like that's not how I remember it. Yeah, so I mean, we found out while the show was going on that there'd been the backstage altercation. So I fusely methods Justin Henry, who is our American writer, and he was doing break news for all and going, Justin, there's been a fight. <laughs> <laughs> um, we've got to get right. And we're like, okay, and that actually dominated a lot of the discourse during the show. But as as all and went on and sort of moved on from that, but. FIFA Select reported from CM Punk's side of things, Jack Perry basically, basically went up to CM Punk. He has bumped into him. Punk has then pushed Perry, and after some more shoving, Punk has choked Jack Perry. Um, other sides of it, from FIFA Select's point of view, and people they spoke to said Punk approached Perry first, he instigated, punched him, and grabbed him with a front face lock. PW Torch, meanwhile, have said CM Punk instigated the confrontation. Pie faced Perry after words were exchanged, put him in a face lock, and threw a, got a couple of digs in while he's got there. See, um, Peter Torch of all said Tony Close was so close to the gorilla position when it was all happening that he was hit by some monitors that were knocked over. Although he might not have seen what happened. Yeah, a few people when this bit came out went, oh, well, well we didn't see it. I can kind of get that playing devil's avocado. If he's got his head down. Head down, headphones in, and suddenly there's a, there's a ruckus near you. Yeah. You will look up and just see two people fighting. You wouldn't necessarily know who had started it. But, uh, you know, so you can't, it'd be wrong for you just to go, oh, I assume they started it. Yeah. House of Wrestling, who from the reporting, looks like a lot of it has come from CM Punk's side of things. Mm. just in terms of um, some of the things that have been reported. We don't know this for definite, but they said they have learned that Punk was waiting at Gorilla before his match and Perry approached him. Things worsened after Perry told Punk to do something about it, which at that point Punk did do something about it. 
and led to the shoving of the chokehold. Um, basically, after all this, the altercation is broken up by a furious Samoa Joe. <laughs> Um, and Punk in that moment who was also furious is threatening to quit All Elite Wrestling and Joe basically goes I want to wrestle at Wembley what the fuck are you doing get out to the ring at which point they go to the ring have an excellent match as mentioned and, and upon arriving but basically because of all the issues the opening contest was almost delayed and they were running around frantically I mean some people actually in Wembley sort of so um, saw that Joe's got the flame things, like the big flame pillars. That mm. They came out and they were then taken back and were then put out again. So, oh, so it could be that it was like off and then it on. was off then it was off then on and then off again and then back on mm-hmm. twirly things. Because they were because they because while that was everything was trying to cool down, I believe. They approached uh, Tony Khan said to FTR in the books, "Can you go out first? They weren't ready. And like, no, still put our trousers on. And then, then the, the, the six-man tag, Golden Elite and the uh, Bullet Club Gold, were like, well, I guess we could go out if you wanted. And that was when Samoa Joe went, no, we're doing it. This is my moment. Yeah. This is my moment at Wembley. We're doing it. So and if Joe, Samoa Joe was angry at you, you just, you just go for you, it. You just you, oh, it. yeah, you keep your head down. You do what yeah. Joe says. And him and Punk are good friends as well. So it was just sort of a case of, right, let's go and do the match. And I think somebody actually pointed out as well, Joe actually had a spot of Jack Perry's blood on him during the match. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, like around the bruise, like a tiny speck, but that, that's clearly shown that he's broken. Or broken up the, bro- broken up the fracas. Broken up the fight. Um, since then, upon arriving backstage after his match, CM Punk was told to leave Wembley. By this point, Perry has already left. He then, has a, he then goes to trainers room to get cleaned up, that sort of stuff. Where he has a jokey interaction with Miro. This was initially reported as like a sort of serious confrontation. Mm. But w- the, the gist of it was... Miro comes in and goes, are you all right? And Punk goes, you're not trying to fight me too. Um, and Miro goes, what if I am? And Punk goes, well, we'll take this outside. And Miro goes, no, we take this to the ring. <laughs> <laughs> and everyone, everyone has a good laugh and goes on with their day, basically. It Punk, sounds like good fun. Punk then leaves when we stayed, but orders everyone Nando's. Isn't that nice? Uh, so he had double peri-peri. Double peri-peri. <laughs> oh, he's done it. <laughs> Thank you, guys. Thank you. It's a big moment for me. Fraser wins, well done. <laughs> oh, yes. Some peri-peri with a, a glass. What do you think you had? But from Nando's, I'm yeah. going to get some chicken. Sour grapes. <laughs> what? I, of course he <laughs> fucking had chicken. <laughs> I'm going to guess he had some chicken. <laughs> I, I, reckon he's a, I reckon he's one of these boys. You could take a fucking the lemon and herb sort of rubbish. That's what I mean. What, yeah. what flavour? Oh, the blandest of chicken. Yeah. Lemon and, and herb. Plain, please? A, bo- a big, big bottle of water. Do you guys have mail? Is it a that's got the story that he ordered Nando's for Mark Henry once and he ordered two full chickens? Two full chickens, yeah. Did Mark Henry put them on his hands? And <laughs> it was like that moment. Look at me, the, I'm a fighter. <laughs> that moment in Friends where he just got them just on his hands and slapped them together. <laughs> oh, then they were in Friends where he had got his head. Yeah, he had the fucking turkey. Could I be any more chicken? <laughs> Mark Henry, you're a funny man. Did, didn't see him at all, did we? No. no. Uh, who cares? He was he was gagging for some Nando's. He was gagging for some Nando's. <laughs> terrible that, for that, him. That's why he wasn't on the show yet. We spent all four hours at Nando's. <laughs> oh man, I missed the show. Just chicken after chicken. <laughs> the Nando's. He's like that's like that episode of The Simpsons where he goes the all you can eat. <laughs> And they're like, we have to shut the restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking he must have left quite early, Pugs. What time does Nando's shut? Like 10? It's 10 like 11? 11, probably. Oh, okay, so yeah. maybe it would be all right either way. Maybe, maybe closer to midnight if it's... Oh, it's Sunday. It? 
Sunday, probably so 11 o'clock. So which Nando's would he have gone to? He won around Wembley. One around he was, Wembley. They were staying at a hotel near Wembley Stadium. Right. So probably one. Because he had to wear Pierce and um, Jackers kept bumping into people, didn't they? Yeah, so I imagine it was one that was close by and he probably Uber eats it. Um, I like he went in for collection just covered in blood. Yeah, it's still Jack Perry's blood. Yeah. He's like, go ahead. <laughs> no, it just, he goes, I think Perry, Perry just gets triggered. He's just like, no, <laughs> Perry, <laughs> Perry. <laughs> I don't know what's made that joke before already, the Perry Perry joke. It's good. It's a, I it's guarantee you someone will No, no, they won't. No. Well, we've not seen it publicly. I've not seen it. Top quality then. stuff. Thank you. Nah, there's, do you know what? There's no point he would have Uber Eats it because you come out of Wembley Stadium and Nando's is like right next to the car. Oh, is it like across the street? Yeah, next, next to the Puma outlet, the Nike factory store in Lint. Yeah, but would he want to walk in there? Would it, like... Yeah, but they don't know what's happened, do they? They're not going, oh, oh, have you been fighting Jack Perry? Uh, yeah, Perry. <laughs> um, yeah, I suppose. Imagine that, the, match, oh, the show's still on and the big venue right behind you, fireworks are going off and you're just... Eating, eating... <laughs> can I get a side of spicy rice? <laughs> uh, Sat in a Nando's feeling sad. Can I get one of those? Can I get it for Nino's? If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Right, where were we up to? Uh, oh, this yes. isn't Punk and Perry have been suspended by yes. Tony Khan. So Tony Khan at the post radio press conference goes, Right, I know what you're gonna ask. There was an altercation, <laughs> we're investigating it, and while that investigation is ongoing, CM Punk and Jack Perry are both suspended. So did he just meet the question at the like head straight, off? The straight on, yeah. Good. Straight I like on. Though how he said, we we don't know what happened, we're investigating it. Tony, monitors fell on you. 
<laughs> I know. He's yeah, yeah. in Gorilla. Yeah. What more investigation do you need? I suppose probably. Well, because I didn't know who started it. That's what he was saying. True. Oh, you weren't here for this bit. We, we were saying that he might not know who started it. Because he might have had his head down and headphones on. Headphones on. Yeah. Going, see up. Oh, yeah. what the fuck? <laughs> was that my best friend? Well, he certainly wouldn't have been chatting for CM Punk because no. of some of that happened before. Oh. So CM Punk had a horrible weekend. Yeah. So, so he, he flew in on the Saturday morning, arrived at Heathrow Airport. There's no one there to pick him up. <gasps> CM Punk has to fend for himself in London. Oh, I mean, that is pretty shit for one of your top stars in the company. It is. Could you imagine Roman Reigns turning up at... At yeah. Heathrow and having no one to pick him up. But the issue is, is that Punk thought it was just him. This is the issue. It, uh, it, it turns out it was, in fact, for everybody. It, where, are you telling me that the organisation for AW All In was really bad? I know. Absolutely shocking, isn't it? Just get on the fucking tube. Oh, Stop but, being a milk. Well, look, <laughs> but you've even got it where Five Let have said... eight pound. Five Let have said that um, you can get an Uber and the company would reimburse you. <laughs> Yeah, and to be fair, Wembley isn't that far from Heathrow in the grand scheme of things. You could you could get an Uber and it'll, you'll be there in about half an hour, 40 minutes mm. max. Um, but yeah, just get the fucking Heathrow Express. Yeah, so CM Punk did get the Heathrow, Heathrow Express on the tube. Yeah. And from the photos we've seen on social media, Punk got lost because people reckon he got the Bakerloo line. Yeah, I think he should have been on the district. I don't know. I think it's the district. It line. happens to people who even live in London. Every so often you just get on the wrong line and the wrong yeah. all of a sudden you're buggered. And there's that one photo, because obviously now CM Punk is taking public transport to Wembley yeah. on the day of All In. And there's that one photo, and a God bless that fan who was just very excited to go, oh, I'm to see a punk. Let's do a photo. And he's doing like the crossed arms next to punk who has a smile that says, dear God, somebody kill me. So, <laughs> like, and the- I feel for that lad who was with him, who had that photo, but he's just been blasted everywhere as the embodiment of CM Punk's shit Sunday at Wembley. No, it's I've Saturday, seen Tom. Saturday. Oh, Saturday, yeah. sorry. The guy that took the photo with him is reportedly the head booker of Qatar Pro Wrestling, QPW. Is he? Really? Supposedly, I've seen a lot of people going, "This, that's him, like that's the, the the head booker." But he's now since deleted the photo from his own Twitter page. He was getting a lot of grief. He's probably getting a lot of grief for it. Um, Jeez. So that it's weird that you know a booker sits next to him and probably gone. You gonna be free soon? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Pug's doing Qatar next year. Go to Qatar. <laughs> we've got we've got Linsky on the ref. You know, we could get you out there. Linsky. <laughs> yeah. Josh Alexander's working it. <laughs> Punk can work it. It'll be like, Harry oh. Smith's over there. That, yeah. That's what it'll be. It'll be a six man. CM Punk, Harry Smith, RVD versus. The Godfather. Rikishi. The Great Carly. No, and Lance Anawai. Lance Anawai. <laughs> and we booked it. <laughs> <laughs> in in a stadium that could seat hundred thousand that is currently holding twelve hundred and fifty people. people. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. Big I time. love I love when those shows go like that. I love it. It's like five star all over again. Anyway, uh, anyway they had a yeah. Tony Carr was not chanting for CM Punk at all. No, he wasn't. So after this after this terrible experience for CM Punk, he's he's pretty pissed off. And he gets to all in, confronts Tony Khan backstage in front of other people, and then in his own locker room, in a heated and intense manner, Punk told Khan he was quitting all elite wrestling and chewed out the AW present with harsh phrasing. Now, the, the harsh phrasing, I like, just make it sound a bit, <laughs> a bit, it's like a nice um, euphemism there. But then after Punk's match, there was an One ex- of the phrases, by the way, I will chuck that in there, was apparently he, he, he compared AEW to a zoo. Oh, yes, he did. He said it was like a zoo. It's which, a zoo here. Which makes Tony Khan Bob Fossil. 
<laughs> but um, after the incident, there's been a lack of communication between Punk and Tony Khan, which is unusual. They do usually text after these incidents. And there's probably been... They haven't spoken, basically. And Punk was informed about his uh, suspension through his lawyer. Um, Punk has been texting people since and saying, I hate this place. So... <laughs> Who knows what's going to happen? He'll probably be back because I thought he was going to be gone last year, yeah, and then this year, and he's still there. So, yeah. Have you seen that tweet about zoos though? That where it's like one guy in zoos a penguin erector. Yeah, oh, yeah, but it's made up the though. Planes it? fly over. <laughs> the penguins look up and fall over. Fall over. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's made up though. Two thousand flights a day. It is made <laughs> yeah. up, but, yeah. but, but imagine it was real. <laughs> Two thousand flights a day. You, penguins. Look you'd up. Love Despite it. it being made up, who would you say would be the penguin erector of AEW? <laughs> oh, that's I a think Cutie Marshall. Cutie oh, Marshall. No, no, no. Yeah, no. Um, Cutie Marshall's too shit. He's, to and he's too. Probably, he's probably too close to the elite to yeah. be the the penguin erector picking up all the pieces. Um, Sting. Sting's the Penguin Erector. Yeah. Um, Moxley. MJF. <laughs> no, 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 it's MJF. He's the Penguin Erector. He turned the ship around. That's true. And he finished the night and was like, we're f- people are fighting, but we're all good putting on a fucking great show. Yeah. He's yeah, the Penguin Erector. MJF is an erect- Penguin Erector. He's a Penguin Erector, is Maxwell yeah. Jacob Freeman. Um, the, the punk stuff. You have to... And it's funny because we say the same things every time we talk about punk. You've got to truly weigh up, right? Is is having someone like this in the locker room worth having for the sake of your house, right? The one thing that I'm hearing more and more of from numerous sources is that the reason these punk things keep happening is because he's so easy to get wound up. Yeah. And people are enjoying just poking the bear and with the hopes that he'll just piss off eventually. <laughs> So people, because he's so easy just to get up and get his knickers in a twist about stuff, people let, are going to wind him up. He lets nothing slide, does he? That's the, that's the whole issue, basically. Yeah, and, yeah. and, and, in, and in, in wanting to create a drama-free environment, he has created so much drama. It's more drama than Riverdale. Like, so much more drama than Riverdale. Is he? He's probably not worth it in the long run. It will probably harm the company. In the short term, Collision's doing decent with him. Long term, I could see him not being on it, harming the, the show, harming yeah. that product. Tony Khan just needs to get a grip, doesn't he? Just needs to, yeah, he just needs mm. to be like, right. Remember who the fucking the boss. boss is? Yeah. yeah, I'm the boss. Look. Don't go CM Punk, CM Punk. As he walks past, go, hang on. Stop being such an arsehole and stop causing drama. Or if people are trying to wind up in passive aggressive waves, just rise above it. I'd be yeah. interested to see, you know how WWE, they've got the suspension thing where it's like three strikes for the wellness policy. But generally, if you have so many suspensions, if three strikes and you're out, yeah. It's three strikes and you're out. What's like nine? What is AEW going to do? This is his second strike. Yeah. He's had fines. He's had two suspensions now. If it doesn't fix it, then you kind of have to go, well, we'll fire you because the suspensions aren't doing anything. This isn't working out for us. Yeah. We're going to pay you off the rest of your deal. Bye-bye. Like, the whole issue is that this could have been resolved like last summer, like yeah. 2022, but it wasn't. And then... It wasn't nipped in the bud after after the brawl out, and it's all just kept festering away. So, like, I mean, the issues are still there between CM Punk and the Elite, where they've, they've never had that meeting. They, they don't talk as lawyers involved yeah. in this sort of stuff. And that, like, you can even keep them separate like they've done, but because it's sort of all this sort of stuff where Punk won't let anything go, it's just got to keep going on, isn't it? What will be really interesting, excuse me, is next year, 
next September time, when or August time, when it's coming up to contract renewal for him, if he, if he did indeed sign a three-year deal as it was rumoured mm. back in 2021... He'll have injury time though, won't he? He'll have injury time. That's if they've decided to add it on. Um, but yeah, will, uh, will he sign a new contract? Will he be offered a new contract when that contract comes up? Or will Tony be literally just going, we're going to wait it out until until his deal's up and then Warner because well, we know that Warner was a big fan of Punk and want him on collision maybe that's he's going well we can't get rid of him but we can hold off until he until the contract renews are up but, but the, you, you can't no one person should be bigger than the company ever no one person should be if all WWE's faults they've never had you know there's there hasn't then I can't say there's never has because Shawn Michaels was a, was a big old cunt in the late 90s yeah um, but you know in, in certainly in the modern era you've never had you don't hear of situations like this at WWE you know they you know you've had major stars who have had um, violations of like of a, of a, in, in a drug sense or other, and they've gone right. You're off. There you go. Interesting. The Meltzer tweeted. He was like, someone was like, you. This wouldn't have happened in WWE. And Meltzer replied to them, being like, it did. You just didn't hear about it. Yes, yeah, so I think it was the sort of thing where like this. There was a fight between Cody Rhodes and Seth Rollins, but they all just sort of went, well, we're just competitive, and we're not, we're not going to be best friends. But they, they sorted it out. Yeah, they sorted yeah. it out. But even in the past, I think Meltzer was alluding to like years and years ago like 20 odd years ago where yeah. he was like Vince would have nipped it in the bud but they did the fights did happen it's just nipped it in the bud so it didn't get out and and then you put a little weird comment at the end where he was like plus Vince didn't sell out as many seats <laughs> yeah, yeah. it was like okay yeah. right you didn't need to be that there this is what happens when you have two Monty Browns in a room yeah they're both pouncing they're, they're just alpha males nah. alpha males yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna do a, an editorial pivot yeah, if you right. don't mind. If we do that one and that one, and then that one and that one, yeah. and then your sillies. Yes, is that all good for you? Is, that, is everybody all right with that? Oh yeah, excellent team, so, excellent. So I think this ties in nicely yeah. to the idea of the AEW locker room. What a hilarious place to be! <laughs> Great place. So from suspensions, we go to arrests. <laughs> My segue was shite on. That was better. That was better. I can't be yeah. any worse than the one earlier, yeah. Um, but as if AEW didn't need any more issues in August, Cash Wheeler got arrested only days before All In. I mean, Tom, you were on stream when, it, when we found out. So I was live streaming, so I spent August. August's been a weird month, I'll be honest with you. I spent, I spent nine hours in August, nine hours of my month, playing WWE 2K23 on stream as British Bulldog doing a Royal Rumble on Legend Mode, starting at number one and trying to win a Rumble. Are you won yet? No. <laughs> it's been depressing. It's been a horrible time. And then this one run we were having, we were going quite well, and all of a sudden the chat starts popping. And uh, with Cash Wheeler's been arrested, and I'm like, is this a wind-up? And then I go, oh. Oh, no. Okay, we're ending the stream because I've got work to do. <laughs> <laughs> Off we go. So give us the nuts and bolts of, of, of Cash Wheeler's day in Priz. Yeah. So, I mean, it was Friday, August 18th, literally about, probably about an hour before we all finished for the day. Yeah. Um, and we find out that Cash Wheeler was arrested and charged with one count of aggravated assault of a firearm um, in Orlando, Florida. The incident actually happened on the 27th of July, where he's essentially driving in and out of traffic. Like... Into sort of in a crazy weaving. manner, yeah. weaving, and then he allegedly flashed a gun at another motorist as he drove past them. Um, didn't fire the gun, obviously. Um, he's pleaded not guilty on August third via via his lawyer, and the case remains ongoing. Dun dun dun. But Castro basically, he, he was actually—is it arraigned? Arraigned? I don't know. 
But he had to right. he, had, he had to go to court with the with the judge, and he was like, right, eh, your bonds are two and a half grand. You sound all right. Give all your guns to the sheriff. We'll sort it out later. And but he was able to. I mean, this immediately fueled speculation that he couldn't wrestle it all in. Of course he did because he didn't have to surrender his passport. Mm-hmm. But one day after the incident, right, Cash Wheeler goes to work, has an absolute banger with MGF and um, Adam Cole with, with FTR. And we, we still don't really know how many people knew when they found out. So we've never found out if Tony Khan knew immediately. Yep. But all we know is that several notable AW roster members and top members of management didn't know about the arrest until it was made public. Oh. Should, should Cash Wheeler be found guilty, he could face up to five years in prison and a fine of up to five grand. It's oh. one that we'll have to keep an eye on because it's it could actually affect quite a lot. Um, if he goes to jail. If he goes to jail. like um, That's I'm, how a piece of big better friends. Bless I him, imagine there'll be a, a fine if it's... Uh, if, if there's not been an issue so far, in the I feel yeah. If wrist. it's a first offence, I feel like he'll get a slap on the wrist and he'll have like a ban from owning firearms. But yeah, it's bongers in America. The slap on the wrist is stop pointing your gun at people. Yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Stop it. it is so daft. But but and it led to like us. We we sat here and we went. Well, there's no way they're beating the young bucks at all in. Get the belts off them and get all this business sorted now fine we're carrying on yeah it was it was also the case i think as you said though like it led to a lot of speculation is is he gonna appear all in is he gonna is dax gonna have to like do it himself is he gonna have to find a mystery partner is he gonna have to have someone fill in from and it was a a lot of chaos Mm. there was one mystery partner who was alluded to so Barry Goose, not Barry. Goose. <laughs> no. Setting you up for your segue. No, I don't know. Who. Yeah. There was one mystery oh, partner. Oh, right. Yes, I got you now. Based on what had happened in this other person's life in August, I was like, "See, I'm punky. Wonder mm, being No, no. Yes. So, somebody else. Um, do you see clearly? Uh, I do. I, I see clearly now. <laughs> the rain, the rain is, is gone. gone. <laughs> it wasn't the song I was going for, but we'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> You think you know me? Do 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 On this day, I see clearly now the rain is gone. We we, we chat rubbish, don't we? How, how long have we been going, Tom? Seven days. Yeah. <laughs> Quite well, right? An hour and a half. Yeah, right. Anyway. Uh, edge. 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 Egg. Egg. <laughs> Jackie Atkins. <laughs> Here he he's is. A, he's here. <laughs> right. A newsworthy munch for Edge. Munch. <laughs> Right. New worthy munch for Worthy munch. <laughs> right, I'll start again. Aiden Gibbon snack bars. They're a newsworthy <laughs> munch. At the end of the prestige, a newsworthy month for Edge as the WWE Hall of Famer revealed his August 18th match against Sheamus in Toronto was the final match of his WWE contract, and he doesn't know if he's going to retire or not. <laughs> Sorry, I thought I put a voice on then. Yeah, I've got a very posh there. Edge also revealed his WWE contract expires at the end of September. I mean, we all sort of went, well, we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> there was a report from PW Torch immediately following this is that the belief within WWE is that Edge is AEW bound. Edge reportedly presented his demands to AEW what it would take to re-sign him, and WWE were unwilling to meet those requests. Edge the next day states that he has a contract extension from WWE in his inbox. Of course, he didn't address whether or not WWE... I mean, he basically says that he didn't make any crazy demands, but he didn't say that he didn't make any demands at all. Mm. Yeah. 
So it sounds like there is a contract extension offer there, but he doesn't know if he's going to have another match because he doesn't he doesn't know if what happened in Toronto can be topped, basically, because Toronto is Edge's hometown. Where we currently stand, this is from Dave Meltzer of the Wrestling Observer, is people within WWE do believe Edge is AW-bound, but there are no guarantees that he will actually end up there. The salary for top guy since Edge has re-signed because of all the deals WWE's done, all the money they're making... Um, it's it's gone way way up basically. I mean, I think we find like sort of rumors that Edge and Brock Lesnar, Edge, Roman Reigns and Brock Lesnar are on like five six mil a year, while mm. people under that are on like two three mil. I don't think Edge will be on that five six mil echelon. No, but basically the way Meltzer left it off was going. I know people in WWE who think he's going to end up with AEW, but it's not like he's going there. It's a for sure thing or anything like that. He has an offer from WWE, and I'm sure it's a great money offer. I'm sure he can get great money from offer from AEW. He's in play. Of course, the one big thing why he's in play is because his best friend in the whole wide world, Christian Cage, is in AEW. I think um, keeping an eye on the Punk situation will be key to if Edge goes in. Do you want to enter the situation? Partially that, but also the fact that I think if Punk uh, and and AEW don't make up and, and this is Punk out for a while or gone, they need someone of massive caliber to take over the reins of collision. and. Who better than also one of FTR's best mates, but Edge? Yeah, uh, and I think that could be uh, a way forward for AEW if they bring in Edge for that. Obviously, he won't wrestle nearly as much as as Punk has been or was planned to. Um, but I think it would be smart if, if AEW can afford him to bring him in because WWE is he's done all he can really apart from winning another title. He's done everything, isn't he? He's he's pretty yeah he's. And and I think anybody else would to to make that jump and go to AEW. There's two schools of thought. It's the idea of somebody finishing up their career and winning their last match, mm-hmm. and then moving to another company to kind of, for lack of a better term, in some people's eyes, tarnish that legacy. Hey, Ric Flair did it and did no harm. Yeah, it's, there is that. <laughs> 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 the man who passed out in the ring because for some reason he thought you know what I don't need any water before this match TNA was great you know yeah. <laughs> but um, with Edge I I don't see it as a problem I think that him going out over Seamus in Toronto I think it's a lovely way to go out and I don't see any harm with him hanging out with Christian Cage one more time yeah. it's get an another odd, match with the Hardys it's an odd situation because Edge has sort of said it's getting harder for him to do it and but wait I watch Edge and think like He's just as good as he ever was. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm. He's he's not really missed a step. Yeah. Um, obviously, he is getting older, and you can see he's getting older, but he still is good. Yeah. And I think if if he wants to have another run that just feels different to his WWE run, AW is the place to go rather than turning heel. Turning heel in WWE for him didn't work. That was rubbish, wasn't it? It was rubbish. But going to a new company would freshen that up, and of course, I think that might re- not reignite that spark in him because it's still there. But going. Okay, I've got another contract in me. I can I can do this for another two three years. Yeah, give him a little bit of a, a little bit of a kick. What what would his name be though? Oh, I love this. This is my favorite part of the discourse. Um, corner, <laughs> slice, cliff. Yeah, we've all said cliff. cliff. I think I think they'll they'll embrace uh, Cage. Yeah, he's, he'd be he'd be Zeb storyline brother again. Ed yeah, Cage, Ed, Adam Cage, Adam Cage. Adam Cage. I can see. Um, I don't want them to do Sexton Hardcastle or whatever they <laughs> yeah. you know. Uh, Damien Impact was one of his previous names. <laughs> <laughs> That's if he goes to TNA, though. Da- yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like his... I think he'll just go by Adam Copeland. Because yeah. Big Show's going by Paul White. Everyone knows Edge's real name is Adam. 
they could call him Adam Copeland. But, and but if they call him a Cage, we can have the, we can have the the faction of the Cages. The Cages. Mm-hmm. Brian, Adam, and Christian versus the Pages, where it's Hangman and Soraya <laughs> and, um, <laughs> and Ricky Knight and Ethan Page and Ethan Page. Could you? Or alternatively, the one we had upstairs was he could go in as Reg. Reg. No, no. Yeah. no. Reg and Christian. It was Reg. 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 I wonder. <laughs> oh, Reg. I wonder Reg. who actually owns. WWE do I think the Edge we know that they dropped the, the, the trademark for the Radar Superstar okay. they don't own that anymore they've not got it so he it. could be the Radar Superstar Adam Copeland they, in, in theory he in could theory. be I can't see anything when I looked it up on the trademarks where who owns Edge because it was like, there was like 16,000 entries so it wasn't there's there so many but shit. also Edge maybe The Edge owns that not yeah. Edge as the wrestler we know Sting Steve Borden has the rights to that name mm. and Sting other Sting, musician yeah. Sting, has to just let you know use the name. So I mean, what, what, it, they could call him I don't know Sledge. Yep, yep, Sledge, Reg, Edge, Bedge, Dedge, Edge, Hedge, 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 and Christian. Hedge and Christian. We've done it. There we go. We've done it. Right. Um, we had two terrible deaths in the world of wrestling. Uh, in in the month of August, one after the other, blow by blow. Uh, we'll start with uh, a Hall of Famer who we said farewell to. Yeah, this is the, this is the shit. This is the shit stuff now. Yeah, yeah but mm. I think lots to talk about with this as well. Yeah. So, recognised as one of the best wrestlers of all time, Terry Funk passed away on Wednesday, August twenty third. I've stolen this from Justin Henry because he, he, he's amazing at these. It, it, it's, it's a horrible thing to be really good at, but he's mm. really good at these obituaries where Terry Funk, he was the son of Dory Funk Sr. and the brother of Dory Jr. He began his career all the way back in 1965 despite announcing his retirement. See, I mean, it, it, was, it, was a, it was a meme before memes yeah. were a thing. Yeah, that, forever, forever, forever. <laughs> that, I mean, he first retired in 1983, did Terry Funk, and wrestled for so long. He was around at ECW One Night Stand when I was ten, still wrestling. Yeah, and then eventually, um, eventually retired in 2017, making 52 active years in the ring. Terry Funk wow. had his first match before Man Landed on the Moon. Yeah, wow. Yeah, fuck. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? That's awful, that, isn't it? And 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 I think something like 50 percent or 60 percent of Terry Funk's career was not captured on film. Jesus. Yeah, yeah that's, that's insane. 52 years in the ring, though. Wow, hell of a legacy. Well, part of his long career saw him wrestle for the likes of WWE, WCW, All Japan, ECW, IWA Japan, FMW, and lots of NWA-affiliated territories, including Stampede, Florida, Georgia, St. Louis, Memphis, Continental, and Detroit's big-time wrestling. He was also promoted in his native Amarillo, Texas, home of the Double Cross Ranch, where he was specifically billed as hailing from throughout his career. Among his in-ring achievements, Terry Funk was the NWA World Heavyweight Championship when it actually meant something. Um, he was for 14 <laughs> months from 1975 until February 1977. Do you hear the story behind that? No. Dory Funk Jr. didn't make it to a title match in Miami, so Terry just subbed in. Oh. And they put the belt on him. And they put the belt on Terry Funk, and he wow. held it for 14 years and just fucking defended it against everybody. <laughs> it's great, isn't it? Fair. Um, I mean... One of his other crowning achievements was at the age of 52, he won the ECW world title at their barely legal pay-per-view, which is the first show that, well, their first pay-per-view they'd ever done, April 1997. It's, it's insane that in 1997 he was 52. Like, that just feels, because it yeah. feels like, oh, he's been around forever, and he was still wrestling well into... 20 you know, years later. 20 years later, it's like, oh, well, he's going to be in his late 50s, early 60s. No, he was 52 
the year before I was born. <laughs> um, he he was the age Jericho currently is. Yeah, like as in, it's insane. He, it was such longevity to his career. Completely different style as well. I mean, he started off a sort of like a sort of like traditional NWA wrestler, and then just became really hardcore in the nineties. Yeah, just went for it. And just yeah, and, like and most things in the nineties went hard, quite hardcore. <laughs> went for it, and just became part of like the fabric of wrestling. He popped up. I remember he popped up on Raw in the run up to Dean Ambrose versus Brock Lesnar, and gave uh, Dean Ambrose a chainsaw. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And and cut a great promo with Dean Ambrose on that night as well. It was his last raw appearance, last appearance for WWE. It was indeed, yeah. He would uh he go into the he go into numerous Hall of Fames. What an album too. Yeah. Oh, he released the Hall of <laughs> Yeah. That was it. There's there's Terry Funk music out there for you to seek. Um there's an there's an iconic story from nineteen ninety three in which he was approached to take over from uh Pat Patterson in the WWF as Booker. Mm. And he wasn't sure about doing it. And he said, oh, let me think about it, Vince. And then Vince came into his office the next day uh, and there had been a note left from Terry Funk which just said, my horse is sick and I have to go home. <laughs> <laughs> and he didn't speak to Vince for four years. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's just a great Terry Funk story. There's, get, loads of, there's loads of great Funk stories out there. He's like, want to get out of something like, my horse is sick, I need to go. <laughs> There was a, there, a man about a dog. <laughs> is that in it? It's that. Oh, I've got to go, you know, uh, see a man about a dog. There yeah. was a, a hardcore match he had with Chris Candido in WCW where he got kicked by a horse and started fucking attacking the horse. I have been kicked by a horse. It hurts. So yeah. For, that to for him to continue the match. Yeah, you weren't even wrestling Chris Candido when that yeah. happened. Is, um, there was a, a feud he had in Memphis with Jerry Lawler where the loser was covered in motor oil. <laughs> Oh. Lovely. So there's, there's there's photos online of Terry just, oil. just in the shower trying to get this motor oil off him. <laughs> just covered. Just covered in motor oh. oil. Uh, it's just, it's just, just honestly, look up Terry Funk matches. It's just like then, now, forever. Honestly, yeah. incredible. And that was on the Wednesday. So we all sort of, you know, we... we so uh, everyone's reeling, basically. Everyone's reeling from like, you know, we were reeling going, what, you know, it's so sad, devastating, but what a life lived. And then... I don't think anything prepared us for what we woke up to Friday morning. Yeah, so um, fr Friday morning, I waited up with text at half five, just went, got it about Bray Wyatt. And I, like, my immediate reaction was, what, has he been released again? Yeah, yeah, I saw a picture of him and I went, what's happened? Has he been let go? And then it was Bray Wyatt tragically passed away on Thursday, um, August 24th, 36 from a heart attack. Um, he'd, he'd been off TV since March. I mean, literally 10 days before... He passed away. We wrote an article saying he's he's, he's yeah. doing a return, like yeah. he's meant to be coming back. Um, he'd been off TV since March. This turns out it was because he contracted COVID nineteen, which exacerbated a heart issue. This, um, according to TMZ, left White with a, a weak lower part of his heart, and he was hospitalised actually one week before he came back uh, before his passing. He had a follow up appointment in the morning. He died, and he was advised to keep wearing an external heart defibrillator, but Wyatt left it in his car. So mm. Wyatt comes in the house, goes to have a nap, um, and he, he essentially passed away. He's sleeping his girlfriend, well, fiance Jojo Offerman, the former ring announcer, became concerned after she heard his alarm going off about an hour later without being turned off. She goes up the stairs to discover he's in bed turning blue and not breathing. 
She then calls the emergency services while her mother attempts CPR. White is then pronounced dead at the hospital. I mean, there's been a pouring of sort of tributes to Wyatt ever since then. There was tributes to All In. Um, Renee Paquette began her pre-show with sort of like a quote from Bray Wyatt. Um, everyone's been wearing black armbands and stuff. The House of Black had a lantern. Friday Night Spectre was dedicated to Bray Wyatt and Terry Funk, where there was mm-hmm. tributes throughout the night. Um, I, th- I think there was a Terry Funk hardcore match, maybe, on SmackDown. There was, yeah. yeah. It was rubbish. Yeah, they Terry used, Funk would have been furious. Yeah, they used only one table. <laughs> it's dreadful. But, but, but we've had all this, and just a bit about Bray Wyatt. It was, he's part of an extensive re- wrestling family. That includes his father, Mike Rotunda, um, IRS, his grandfather, Black Jack Mulligan, uncles Barry and Kendall Wyndham, and brother Taylor, which is Bo Dallas, uh, Dash Uncle Howdy. Uh, he was also, as mentioned, engaged to Joe Off- Jojo Offerman, I mean, he had, he had an interesting start to his career, did Bray Wyatt, as Husky Harris, that man. Mm-hmm. Well, he was in FCW where he won the tag titles with his brother. He then goes to the main roster, comes back down, and then gets repackaged as Bray Wyatt, sort of this, like, the eater of worlds with the Wyatt family. Mm-hmm. Um, then later brings in The Fiend. Throughout his career, goes on to win one WWE title, two Universal titles, the Rogue tag titles of Matt Hardy, the SmackDown tag titles by a free bird rule with Randy Orton and Luke Harper, the late Brody Lee. Um, during his decade-long run, well, as mentioned, The Fiend. Yeah, he was. He had he, well, an incredible career that is tragically just cut. Yeah, like, cut like short. I was saying to Carla, like, un- un- unfortunately, part of this is big as Bray Wyatt will amazing career, but will be a missed opportunity purely because WWE released him and then he's tragically passed away, basically. Yeah. Or like cut too short, probably better. Too short. There was there was no creative energy like the one that Bray Wyatt had. Um, and we had all our opinions on all of it, and it was hit and miss. But do you know what? You 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 want a guy in your in your locker room who is constantly trying new things. Mm-hmm. You know, it's we can't all live in, in fear of you know, of misstepping or getting a creative thing wrong. Yeah, you you just, can't be afraid of failure. You can't be afraid of failure. And, and he went at it with everything. And there was the vibe that in his first, in, in that first time round as the fiend and creating the Firefly Funhouse, there was heads butted because um, Vince had a direction for it and Bray had a direction for it. And Vince won in the end. Somehow yeah. that, yeah, and Vince sort of won in the end. But mind you, interestingly, I was listening to my world, listening to Jeff Jarrett, my mate Jeff Jarrett's podcast again. And he tells this great story about how he and Vince were in a production meeting for a house show until like 3 a.m. And it was at the height of the Fiend character and yeah. the feud with Seth Rollins. And they were in a meeting until like 3 a.m. going through the house show matches for the Fiend and Seth Rollins into perverse detail of like when the light cues are, where the wrestlers stand, what move he does, when, how he does wow. it. And then so... He, Jeff had to write all these notes down for Vince and then Jeff went back to the hotel, wrote everything up and then went to the house show that night and said, hi guys, this is what Vince wants you to do. Mm. And he said that even though um, it was very much like Vince was trying to very much control every inch of the character, Bray would go, all right, I can, I can still do this and would still find ways to make it his own, yeah. even with all that intricate involvement that they had in it. But then what we learned was when he came back, <clears throat> when... The, when he was given a bit more free reign, maybe we needed some of that control again. Yeah. You needed something in the middle. You didn't want him to be stifled. 
But if you give him, just go, just do what you want, it got very convoluted. It just seems the the outpour of love from everyone, it seems that as much as he was a creative genius, he was an even better person behind yeah. the character, the Wyndham Rotundo. Is, it's like, I was watching a clip, they put up a video of like all the superstars uh, paying tribute to him, and the one that Drew gave was, was quite quite moving, in the fact that like, it's he's, he's a, he was a great man who did so much for everyone else that people don't know about and that's that's the thing that we've seen a lot of is people just is mentioning the things that we never saw and that's what made him such a a great member of of wwe great person a great member of the wwe family and it's uh it's tragic just heartbreaking news obviously with the friends and family of terry fug we at coldholic will forever send Nothing but best wishes and condolences. Uh, we have a video on the channel right now uh, in which it's the 10 greatest Bray Wyatt moments. And Lord knows there's been more than 10. But we broke down the 10 greatest ones. And all the money from that video uh, goes to the American Heart Association. So if you do want to watch something and smile and remember some Bray Wyatt's best moments via us, when you do so, uh, you make donations to the uh, AHA. So thank you very much indeed uh, for supporting us in that way. Yeah, um, there was some silly bollocks this there month. Was. And Lord knows now we need a bit of silly bollocks. So, so, so what, 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 what we need? Kids love. Kids, kids love. love. So Aiden, Aiden Gibbons, Gibbons. Kids love. Can you explain, Fraser, what the kids love Aiden Gibbons section and, and the origin of that phrase? So kids love just makes me pop every week or every couple of days, every couple of hours when we say something that usually no one would enjoy. And then Aiden just goes... Kids love insert thing like oh touch of fruit lemon and lime volvic kids love volvic touch of fruit <laughs> but it's always and I know you're doing it but even if I can't see you it's the arm movement where you go kids love and it's yes because when things that you we get random things that land on the website yeah. and just yeah. do well like when we announced that Guido was coming little back. Guido little Guido's coming back kids for, love little Guido because because the hits on that on that particular article were, were so ludicrously high yeah well obviously all the kids all the kids love little Guido yeah so kids love became a catchphrase in our office for that reason and so it what's on kids love today kids love kids love leather face <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> from, from, um, so. Infamously now, I suppose, AW, in partnership with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre video game, did a Texas Chainsaw Massacre death match between Jeff Hardy and, and your good friend, My Jeff mate, Jarrett, Jeff Jarrett. <laughs> where Jeff Jarrett won the Texas Chainsaw Massacre championship um, upon winning. But during the match, Leatherface comes down, and we covered he was actually under the mat. Now, there was wild rumours that it was Tony Khan. Um, but it, it turns out it was Dean Alexander, who was sort of like an indie talent, and he's, he's done work in the past with AW on the Dark and Dark Elevation shows, like an enhancement talent. So he was Leatherface, so watch out for the next movie. (laughs) (laughs) What else do kids love this one? Kids love Josh Woods. Fair. Yeah, so Josh Woods. Former ROH Pure Champion Josh Woods. Yeah, so Josh Woods quit the varsity uh, varsity blondes. Well, he's not even blonde. He quit the varsity athletes. uh, People were just like, right, cool. I'll read that. So people were very intrigued to see what Josh Woods would do next. I think they were intrigued that he quit the faction. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's an it's an odd one, but it's one that our yeah. our little audience loves. He's, he's a good wrestler, to be honest. Like, I mean, like watching his pure championship matches, he is solid. But it, it just feels like the issue you've got with Ring of Honor at the minute is there's only like twelve thousand people watching it. Yeah, it's, it's like, not a big audience. Needs at all. a bigger platform. But yeah, kids love Akira Tozawa too. 
Oh, yes. So he actually won his first Raw singles match in six years. Go on, son. Oh. There is some caveats to that because he was actually on NXT for about three years. And 205 we, Live before that. Yeah, and we're also not counting his 24-7 title wins. No. And uh, the, the, fa- the last win he had on Raw was over, do you know? Miz. Neville. Was, oh, he yes, when he won the title. Before the Miz. SummerSlam. Yeah, yeah like just before, before SummerSlam. Yeah, he beat, yeah. He beat Pac. <laughs> beat Geordie wow. Pac. Wow. Well, the last That's time crazy. That, uh, that was the last time before he beat Miz that Akira Tozawa won a match on the And he lost the belt like a week later. Like, yeah, yeah but literally up. five days later. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and good one. speaking of the weather, kids love the weather. <laughs> Did anyone say that? <laughs> kids love the weather. Kids love the weather. It was um, our article on the weather update for AW All In, right? So I was looking at it and going, the big talking point, one of the big talking points going this is that Brit- this British summer has been rubbish. Crap. It's, it's rained for a month. Mm, it's been crap. And like, it was nice in June for a little bit. That has been, it's just been shit. I've it's been... it's now September. We've not had a summer. Yeah. We're just hoping for like an Indian summer, basically, aren't we? It's looking that way for September. Yeah. So that's exciting. That's what we yeah, need. Good. Uh, but of course, fortunately, you perked up for, oh, it was like it's dry spells. It might be, might be scattered rain. I was like, no, dry spells. It'll be all right when the show's on. It'll be okay. 20 degrees, 10 out of 17. Did all this people like, right. But we've got a tweet. Somebody, Cloudy Scott on Twitter went, thank you, Aiden. And I went, it's the first one. There we go. <laughs> hey. oh, oh, it's the first one I've noticed anyway. I, d- I don't tend to read the comments because they make me sad. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but look at you doing God's worth by bringing the weather. By the weather up to You're a meteorologist. Yeah. Um, and then from weather we go to a Funkasaurus. Tyrus was forced to retire. Oh, oh no. Oh, no. Oh, no. How sad. <laughs> it was, it was Did fun. you see the bounce off the ropes? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> I didn't. Yeah. I'm still waiting for it. Right. Jesus Christ. You could, you could have balanced an egg on that rope, and it would have remained unspoiled <laughs> by Jackie Atkins. <laughs> <laughs> That Tyrus match <laughs> against EC3 was fucking embarrassing. Was it EC3? Are those new tattoos that he's got? I hadn't seen them. They are fucking tragic. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, oh, EC3. That was what we had this month. EC3 said, I mean, you could be shocked by this. EC3 said he thinks controlling out of damage his career. Mm. No way. But it seemed like such a sure thing. Yeah. Yes. Controlling their narrative now. I just think three this years wrestler. Ago, three years ago, NWA had. LA Knight, Ricky Starks, Ricky Starks, and many more top Eddie, talents. Eddie I Kingston, mean, Eddie, uh, even like Nick Aldis. Yeah, and now uh, they have Scott Steiner. They had Scott Steiner for, yeah, they for a minute. They did. They did have Scott Steiner. They had didn't Scott they? Steiner come out during one of the shows. They had a really nice like, studio set up in. I like the studio. Yeah. And now they've got EC3 beating uh, Tyrus in the main event. Oh, it looks like a bin fire now, doesn't it? It doesn't look great. It's so sad. Well, but you're not a wrestling fan if you don't watch Tyrus. Yeah. So. Is that, is, that's true. That's in the what iPhone. he said. Tyrus, who said that he would beat his own kids if they mentioned preferred pronouns. Right. What lovely. He's a, he's a lovely man. Lovely man. All the, all the best in your retirement. Fox sir. presenter as well. Fox News. Yeah, that's what, that's what yeah. he said it on Fox News. Like, yeah. is it an analysis? Or like, fuck me. Apparently so. But, it, oh, but what else did we have from Tyrus? Like, we'll, we'll, we'll take the piss a little bit. But it was. They had, they had a run where it was. After he lost to AC3, lost the ball rope match, ended with a title, Tyrus for Tyres. And you had this bloke going, you had the crowd going, Thank you, Tyrus. And you're like, The bloke coach just going, So well deserved. <laughs> oh, <laughs> deserved no. like, it was t- I think it was Tim Storm getting upset. I'm like, Come on, Tim. Tim. I, 
Tim Storm was getting upset about it. I think it was Tim Storm on comms going, Was the crowd not saying thank you for retiring? Was that That was what I I was saying booer. Exactly. But yes, he's gone and so is Jackson Riker. Oh, no. It's a one-two punch combo that we'll never recover from. Yeah. Oh, dear. Is that all the kids love? The kids do not love Jackson Riker. Well, that was the Tyrus post as well, but it's people just going, thank fuck he's gone. They do say that sometimes negativity does fuel the algorithm, and I think that is a good example of it. Yes. To be honest with you. But one good thing that did fuel the algorithm, one of the people who the kids love the most is Jeff Jarrett. Yeah! So, things that always draw on cultaholic.com is Little Guido, <laughs> um, anything from EC, um, ECW, and he said EC3. EC3 does draw from yeah. Morbid stuff. Anything from ECW, um, LA Knight, because he's so wildly yeah. popular. Like, obviously, the top stars like Roman Reigns, yeah. he always draws. And Jeff Jarrett. Of course, he does. Ain't he great? Ain't he great? He is great. To be he fair. Is really we need to good. ask him why he's great one day. Why are you so great? Yeah, yeah so Jeff, I think the um, Grado, who we spoke to just after Wembley, put out there that he wants Jeff and Grado one on one next All in. year. When, uh, when are we getting you on my world? I'm, I'm down for it. Jeff Jarrett, if you listen. Conrad, Jeff. Let's do it. I'll come on my world. world. I'll, I'll sing. Ian, 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 Ian. Come sing your theme, June. I'll do it. Such a good <laughs> theme. It's great, isn't it? No, I'm, I'm down for it in my world. I'm down for it in my world. But no, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that the kids still love Jeff Jarrett. And this is our world. Smashed it. He's good, isn't he? So that was August. That was, that was August. A fucking big month. Oh, yeah. let's have a quiet one this month, shall we, lads? Yeah. yeah. No, no more CM Punk. There isn't. There isn't two pay interviews this weekend. Oh fuck! <laughs> <laughs> it's already three hours for next oh. month, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, this has been fun. It's been great fun. Uh, join us this weekend for live reactions to All Out and Payback on the Cultaholic YouTube channel. It'll be myself and Fraser for All Out. It'll be Adam Pacitti and Andrew Hodkinson for Payback on the Saturday. Boo. And <laughs> thank you. Thank yeah. you very much. And of course, for all the wrestling news throughout the week, by the power of Aiden Gibbons, you can check out cultaholic.com. Make sure that you tweet uh, any cultaholic tweets with thanks, Aiden. Thank you, Aiden. Thank you, Aiden. Thank you all. <laughs> Have a good month till next month. Love you, bye. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. 
for all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes. Search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 